The summer of Globus is back. We are here again under siege. We are now above siege. We're above board this week, Can you week, be Murray. above siege? I don't know. Is the siege mean under? I don't know. So is under siege like a double, like you're under under? I don't know. I don't know either, Murray. These are the questions. These are the big questions. We don't get paid the big bucks. I'll have to ask the sensei the this next is, time I see him. This is the fucked up thing about journalism, you know? We're out here doing all the hard work, and we don't get all the big bucks. It's true. People don't buy newspapers anymore. They just don't. And we, of course, all of our podcast episodes. They're transcripts. Yeah. They're transcripts that we print in the Detroit Free Press. <laughs> they pay us uh, half a penny per thousand That's words. That's why we're not making money. It's the free press. <laughs> yes, it's also the free press. <laughs> My dad joke for the night. Not even a dad. He's got the dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. Now, Murray. Um, not that I admit as everybody knows, we actually were, were the uh, investigative journalists. Among action, the many things, we're investigative yes, journalists. Of action podcasting. But yeah. we, we're, we're not just limited to the Detroit Free Press area. Uh, uh, field investigators out we there. We correspondents. Yeah. And so this episode, this wasn't our own concoction. We have somebody who has the inside scoop to help us this week, Murray. Right. You probably remember him from our award-winning Death Wish Month. So many awards. I didn't even know if these awards existed. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know there were so many awards just for Death Wish. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. It's crazy. But if you listen to our Death Wish 2 episode, and if you didn't, what the fuck's wrong with you, motherfucker? Already, it's our boy Joe Corey. Class of 1984 himself. So he knows her. He was in the trenches. He will tell us what is real, what is fake, what has been embellished. Joe, Corey, how you doing? I'm doing good, and yeah, class 1984, Cardinal Gibbons High School in Raleigh, North Carolina, which it turns out is one of about 48 Cardinal Gibbons High Schools in the greater southeast area. Oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> Cardinal, so he knows Cardinal got stuff. around. Cardinal got around. <laughs> yeah. Now, this movie, um, we've done other high school, uh, you know, terrorist-themed kind of scenarios. I, I I keep flashing back. It was even in Nebraska, just like this movie. But let, no, this movie was not set in Nebraska. The 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 teacher came from Nebraska to the big city. I don't know what the big city is in class in 1984. It's I mean, it's obviously Toronto. Uh, they say it's Nebraska. No, they, they said he was a teacher in Nebraska. He was from Massachusetts, though. What? Yeah. Look at his license plates. The details, Murray. We're in Lincoln. Or maybe he's in Boston. Wait, this is... This fu- Wait, this fucking s- s- movie was supposed to be set in Nebraska? I don't buy it. Joe, that. help us out here. I, no, you Joe. Know, I think he said he's from Nebraska, and he's moved to the big city, which is probably, you know, because he does have the Massachusetts plate, so I think he moved to Boston. 
which oddly enough, my mom, okay. my mom is a Boston public school system uh, teacher. So uh, she probably had to beat these kids up too. <laughs> so is it? Too, can you call her right now? So we can we, we like yes. add her. Can she, can she, can she get on the Zoom call and we can have her tell us. I think she must have beaten up some Van Patten at some point in her life, you know. <laughs> so now the the one big question I had while I was watching this, I was like, well, this just seems right. Were there people in 1984? I'm sure you saw this everywhere at a Catholic high school too, walking around with swastika T-shirts. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, not really, not really. <laughs> we we had we had one kid who was stealthy and would walk around with a Vietnamese star on his T-shirt, but no one caught on to that. Oh, by, well, by according name. to Mark, Le- go ahead. Oh, and I was gonna say, I, I did I did go to school with one of the guys who uh, does a lot of T-shirts for punk touring bands, Bill Mooney, with his mm-hmm. Tannis Root operation. So he he used to make T-shirts with Madonna uh, from Penthouse. Interesting. But he blurted Fun up facts. enough that the nuns didn't go for him. <laughs> According to Mark Lester, director of this film, director of this movie, also director of one of our favorites, Commando, that episode, he claims that before this movie, this movie introduced the punk rock look to America. 1982. 1982. No one knew what punk rock was. No one knew the fashion. Is that true, Joe? Oh, it's damn well not true, man. That is so wrong. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we we were in school. We had punk rock. Hey, look, my my one of my classmates was in the band. Uh, Wayne Taylor was in the band No Labels, which uh, got officially, I believe, around this time, was thrown out of a battle of the bands because they were too hardcore for a crowd that was looking for some happy pop stuff. Ooh. So yeah, it might have introduced punk rock to some kid in Des Moines, Iowa. Or Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> Lincoln, Nebraska <laughs> especially, yeah. But, yeah, it's a, you know, I, I would say there were enough punk rocky kind of, you know, I think Quincy had come out before that with its punk rock episode. It's true, Quincy. I think so. Never even heard Chimps. of this. I think Chimps had a punk rock episode, too. Did they? We covered it. Cover it, Molokai. Yeah. I love pain. We were yeah. just making jokes about Ralph Melf the other day at my... Oh, no, uh, that was the heavy baseball. metal one, the... The the punk rock one was where Poch oh. sings celebration at the end. And yeah. All the punk rock kids. They're all so it. confused. I'm getting confused. There's so many good. Oh God, I love pain. That was such a good song. It was. You it was know. great. Singing up on it, the rooftops. And, oh. and the great the great rock and roll swindle movie had already come out by that point. It's true. So, you know, Clash had been on Fridays. MTV was already on, so we saw punk rock kids there. So, Mark Lester, you're a big fucking liar. You're a big liar. Fuck you. Some people might have noticed in this last little segment about nine different names were dropped that I had no clue about. I'm I'm the young in here. You guys are around Uh, the same age, you know, class of 84, class of... Yeah, Joe's my sister's age. She's also a class of 1984. Hey, Joe, did you have to... She had to read 1984 in her senior year. Did you have to do that? No, the nuns didn't make us do that. I... I will, okay. I will say this. I, I have an English degree from NC State, and I swear between high school and college, I pretty much all I ever read was Frankenstein and Huckleberry Finn. That was it. <laughs> I remember having to read Frankenstein in school, too. Yes. Yeah. I'm, Definitely I'm did do, that as well. I'm going to do an episode which all it's going to be is Huck and the Frankenstein's monster going down the Mississippi. You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is he going to be N word Frankenstein? Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, I had to say it. Yeah, someone had to say it. Did you ever see that episode of Oz where Vern Schillinger discovers that they replaced uh, part of his gum with the gum of a black guy, and so he gets thrown out of the Aryan nation because now he's part black? (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen any Oz, so you love Uh, a lot of rape. Oh, good prison rape. Yeah, my favorite. can't watch Law and Order SVU properly without watching Oz and thinking the entire time, hey, that guy's covering up his crimes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's good because I'm never going to go watch Law and Order, so I won't have to watch Oz. <laughs> so anyways, y'all dropping so many different names and movies and titles on me. I got to say, I did a little research to get inside your guys' heads because you're around the same age. So I was like, I'll go back and watch a coming-of-age comedy that probably encapsulates you two in a nutshell. I can't figure out which one you two are. I went and watched Weekend at Bernie's because I know this is you guys. Yeah. I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's, so I'm going (laughs) to trust that it's me. Joe, have you seen Weekend's? I, I have because it's part of my upcoming book. The uh, 80s teen flick uh, film festival uh, reunion. Oh, shit. I we forgot to, me- yeah, we yeah, forgot I to s- mention, this is another reason why we have Joe on, because he's an expert on 80s teen movies. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You wrote a book, right, Joe? I, I, yes. It's, uh, it is it is out on Amazon. Uh, it's called, uh, if you look it up, uh, it's the 80s teen flick festival guidebook in case you want to create a uh, week and a half long film festival at your house. And I, you cover this movie in your book, don't you? I do cover class. Yes, it's this and uh, class. One night uh, we have high school hell, and it's uh, class of nineteen eighty four and class of Newcomb High. Trauma's class of Newcomb High. So after you listen to this episode, go check out Joe's book. <laughs> now back to Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. So what I've learned, and this checks out with you immediately off the bat. I just have to assume Joe is wearing nine layers of clothes in the middle of summer. Well, you see me right now. I know. I'm seeing you right now. You got socks on. Wool socks. I don't get. (laughs) With shorts and a long sleeve sweater. Well, what other kind of sweater? I guess it could be a cutoff sweater. So that's interesting. Uh, Murray's always making necrophilia jokes. (laughs) That's just you guys. Hey, don't kink shame me. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I just read. And just to put this in perspective, I just finished reading Andrew McCarthy's autobiography, Brat and 80 Story where he talks about how he, he stole the look of they has in Bernie's from a buddy of his who would dress that way going to the beach. <laughs> oh, jeez. There is so many weird outfits in that movie. It was incredible. Bernie is the only character dressed like a normal human being. Everybody else in that movie is dressed insane. Oh, and, and Bernie's dead, by the way. That's the point <laughs> of the movie is Bernie is dead. Spoiler alert. Bernie is dead. Uh, no. Classic 80s trope. May, I, I, I know this was Murray's move. He tells me all the time about his dating life back in the 80s. He likes, to be, that, he likes to be that bumbling, awkward guy who yeah. like can't find a single word or muster up a single compliment. Nothing. He just says, my arm's dead. That's, that's Murray's move. And it works to a T in this movie. It, it does. You know, you know what the problem was? It was a generation of, of young, smart-thinking guys who thought for some reason Woody Allen should be their role model. <laughs> Not realizing what Rudy, Woody Allen is your role model will lead to. Yes, I like that. It's, um, uh, there is... It, 
If we'd only embraced Chuck Norris harder, we would have gotten laid more. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, probably not. I, <laughs> not up north here, that's for sure. Um, there's some confusion about sex changes. That that sounds about right to uh, me. I've, ne- I've never seen this movie, so I'm just going to agree with everything you said. Yep. It's, it's a uh, classic. It's... It is a classic. I, I think you... Uh, I, Never tell your never tell your boss that you've found something wrong with the system. Since they, they did that and they were <laughs> did supposed this to movie get, get a sequel? Yes. Yes. Did he get killed again? No I mean he gets killed nine times in the movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Bernie gets killed nine brother. times in the movie. Just, yeah, I think his oh, twin oh. brother gets killed in part two. Yeah. <laughs> so as Joe was setting up. These two guys are like programmers. They're forced. People have tuned into class in 1984, and all we're talking about is fucking weekend. Because I need to give, I needed to get inside your guys' heads so we can work (laughs) on a comedic level. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on the outskirts here. I need to get in your guys' head. I have to imagine you both wanted to run around with like a corpse friend and like you know wave it around like a marionette. Like. I grew up with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. All I want to do is have an apartment full of animals. So I, I just think this is what you guys want. I'm going to tell you that there. That speaking of people and dead people, there's this amazing short story that was once published in Easy Rider magazine, which I believe is in the best of Easy Rider fiction, volume two, called No Class Chick, about this guy who has to make a in order to join this motorcycle gang, he's got to make this run from somewhere in the desert to L.A. Except the woman that he gets assigned to uh, to to take as his you know his mama there uh, overdoses, and they tell him he's got to take this dead woman across anyway. So it's all about his journey through the desert with this dead woman, and things horrible things happen. She you know gets eaten by coyotes at one point, and uh, you know he fools some hippies into thinking she's just got a problem. Maybe you could work on it with her help revive her you know it's it's a great a great uh, short story see? i think i read that in high school too. see it was you... frankenstein and <laughs> the best of easy rider <laughs> I, I think, you guys I think love dead people i think the last time here. i ever saw a copy i was in a tattoo parlor last time i ever saw a copy of easy rider they still make that shit I, i'm not it. even sure god easy rider i, I know I you guys love and... dead people humor I tried my hardest to get that movie made, and I could not, could not get a meeting <laughs> on it. It was so sad. Could it could have started Murray, Rob Lowe, uh, and dead people. <laughs> ooh, Rob Lowe. He was hot in the eighties. He'd be a believable biker too, Rob Lowe. Think so? No. Oh god, I no, he would. Him as a biker. Maybe, maybe one of the Estevez brothers. <sighs> Don't bring up the fucking <laughs> Estevez. I just wanted to bring this down for a minute because we gotta get, we gotta get to it. Get to the trailer. Oh. All right, here <laughs> I wish I had something set up for this, but I don't. So let's just get into schools some... in session. School's out for summer. Don't forget but your lesson has just begun. Don't forget your switchblade. Uh, and class of nineteen eighty. Know where your warrior style click is at. <laughs> okay, there it is. Here it is, <laughs> class of nineteen eighty four. That's trailer set up yet. <laughs> Thought I had something going, and then you started stumbling all over my fucking intro. <laughs> you had nothing. I, knew, I was, yeah, I was, I was pulling at strings. I admit that. Class of 1984. Take a look at my face. 
class of 1984. Their only goal is power. I run this school, man. Their only law is survival. If you want to survive around here, you have got to learn to look the other way. Their only allegiance is to themselves. I still believe in all that bullshit that holds it together. I pledge allegiance! Wise. Should have done me right. Like this. Hey, look what he done, man! He tried to kill me! Somebody's gotta stop this insanity. Well, you simply cannot afford to fail this class. Now, what is the answer? <gasps> I am the future. I am the future. But you've taught before, and nothing like this has ever happened. All right, I gotta deal with it. Who's gonna protect you? He's one man trained to deal with students, but they've pushed him to the limit. They've gone too far. Now he's going to give the class of 1984 the lesson they deserve. Oh. Class of 1984, is this the future? Last year, there were 280,000 incidents of violence by students against their teachers and classmates in our high schools. Unfortunately, this film is partially based on true events. Fortunately, very few schools are Lincoln High yet. Mm. And we get ominous. Let in with a beautiful Alice Cooper song. I am the future. I was not expecting this. Like, even when the song started, I was like, is this, who is, is this Alice Cooper? I think this was, you probably helped me out with this, Joe. Was this when he tried to go New Wave? Remember when he had that, like, weird kabuki-like look, and he was really emaciated? Is this that era of Alice Cooper? It it kind of was. Also, also you have to remember, he only did this for the the soundtrack. And uh, Lilo, the guy who, who, uh, who did the music for this, he's the guy who does the Mission Impossible theme. Shit. The original? He's like a, he's like an A grade, you know. Com, this is one of those guys you're like, I want to get Lilo Schifrin. Yes, let me get him. You know, he's he's wow. it's not some little not some punk kid off the streets they grabbed to do I it. I wonder but. why. What's his name? What, what, what's the director's name? Mark, Mark Lester. Mark Lester. No wonder why he thought this was his most perfect movie ever. Right. He was yeah. like, I read the script. I, mean, I don't even know. I don't know who this guy is. I'm assuming he's an actor for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I must work on your movie. It's that weekend at Bernie's humor again. It's just coming <laughs> on it. You didn't. You didn't even see it, and you just can repeat it. See, it's your essence. I think what's disturbing is the fact that as Alice Cooper's singing "I Am the Future," right? That we didn't realize he was like this arch conservative guy. You know, is he? Playing, oh yeah, playing golf, hanging out with George W. Bush, and all this other stuff. Oh shit! I didn't know that. See, I know he was yeah. best friends with Glenn Campbell. 
Campbell. He's like he was like a country guy. Oh, okay. Well, they all lived in Phoenix. You know, they lived in Arizona. Was, but, there, but still, was he back then though? I mean, I thought after he got cleaned up, he probably, I'm sure he found God. You know, because they always do when they get cleaned up. Yeah. yeah you know, he, he might have. He well, it's it's that turning point. I think he was in the Reagan. I don't know, but it's that feeling of wait, if Alice Cooper is against us, who's for us? Fuck I don't want to believe Detroit. Rock and roller Alice Cooper. I was just gonna say he's kind of showing his face back around his hometown again, and it seems like he's doing charity work and stuff or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe saving dogs, but anyways, we've got maybe teams. Maybe he's, changed, maybe he's changed back and found evil again. <laughs> Murray's been pushing for everybody to find the evil inside them. After we did our uh, road to revelation, he's been pushing <laughs> evil on everybody. Right. By the way, Joe. You're so lucky we found God for two hours because we were so ready to cut you loose. I know. Then we found God, we and found we were just God. like, we got, they, everyone's got to stay. Yeah. Good, we realized that. I, <laughs> I figured Taffy had just curb stomped me with her numbers. You know, that's all I thought. No! I want you to believe in yourself. It was so close. Don't oh, don't don't push yourself down, Joe. Yeah, actually what was happening is. Razor thin. We realized you don't need other people, so we were actually we, going to cut all four of you. Yeah, we never net needed people. Yeah, people, I mean, we but. were getting, I mean, if, if I'm being <laughs> honest, if I'm going deep inside ourselves here, we were a little embarrassed that you guys did as well as you did. So <laughs> we were going to cut you loose so no one could take the yeah, shine away from us. Right, we're supposed to start yeah. doing work now? I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to show up to these people? It was, it was yeah, all you that. You guys were too. It was all that talk about non-fat milk, you know. With <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm ready to get into these kids because they don't drink their fucking non-fat milk. They're going for the straight for the full-fat vitamin D. These kids are. I'm sure this is what it looked like when you walked up to school. They're spray painting everything. They're smoking the saddest little spliffs around. They're finger banging each other on the <laughs> overpass. It's like all kinds of heinous shit going on. Yeah. And then we got I, teachers out. Go, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, I don't even get how they have time for school with all they were doing before school. Uh, when are these kids getting up? School starts at 7. <laughs> they never go to sleep, Griff. That's got to be it. They get up at 7. You know, school starts at 7. They get up at 5. They get out on the bridge, start warming up each other's buttholes. And, you know, that's what the Chili Pepper song, Under the Bridge, is actually about. <laughs> They're warming up people's buttholes. <laughs> and then they go on top of the bridge to pummel the buttholes. Right. Okay. They're under siege, under the bridge. That's the B-side that no one ever hears above the bridge in the butthole. <laughs> That's my favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song. So then we go over to see how the teachers prepare for school. And we got the little nerdy science teacher. He's got a fucking giant-ass Glock in his suitcase. Played by Roddy McDowell of uh, Planet of the Apes fame. We all love him as Cornelius, the, the chimpanzee. I just want to throw shade at Run, Hide, Fight again. The setup for this mu- movie is so beautiful already. I care about these characters already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, this was probably... Probably closer to my high school experience than the John Hughes movies. Like I never related. It was obviously it was not as bad as this. My high school experience. We didn't have graffiti everywhere, mm-hmm. but this was a little more closer than the fucking John Hughes. Rich kids and poor kids going to school. Does it happen in real life? Yeah. I don't know. Does it? it? It did for me a little bit. Okay. It was a little mixed. There were no rich kids at my school. We were all we, broke. We had, we had none, so they would just stare at us if we came in and look for the soul in our, you know, the sins in our soul as we walked in. 
So that oh, was Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's pretty evil. Were I you, called it home. Were you like uh retreating or maybe skipping class and going out under not under the bridge. This is this is afternoon under the bridge, so there's not people warming up buttholes anymore. Were you going there and playing the devil's uh, craps? Were you playing D and D under the bridge on your lunch breaks? No, no. We did, we we had off campus lunch though, so that made it better. Oh, so even if you went under the bridge to play the devil's craps, you would have been safe. Yeah, you weren't skipping. Yeah, we, we could skip out and go to the all you can eat pizza place and do as much Satan worshiping as we wanted with giant red cups. The devil loves pizza. Now, Murray, this is your experience in school because we're finally starting to see the kids being, you know, ushered inside. Uh, no, it was a couple years after I graduated oh, okay. is when the metal detectors came in. And this is a true story about this is also after I graduated. Our chemistry teacher got the shit kicked out of them by some students like they put them in the hospital because they were like they were like doing something in the bathroom, probably smoking in the boys room. And he came in and said, hey, what's going on here? And they Eat the fuck out of him. So, oh, yeah, it is. This is like I said. This is kind of similar to school where I went. To. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, hey, I get this. But we get these fucking uh, security guards. They don't give a shit. They, I get paid the same. Like, like the teacher. We see our we see our teacher uh, Andy Norris. Yeah. He's replacing Mr. Goldstein. I think it, it was. was Goldstein. Very something. Named. Something mysterious happened. We don't know. He's, they they don't want to talk about it. He. he He's like a spinal tap drummer. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Maybe it was a gardening accident. You're, see, you're trying to get away, get, get away from the weekend at Bernie's humor, but it'll come back out. It's okay. You're like, I'm a spinal tap guy. I'm trying to get another uh, uh, comment from uh, Michael McKeon like I did on our There you go. Watch That's what it episode. is. <laughs> uh, so Wait, um, we're seeing all the your comment. Yes, he did. He commented on our death wish. You didn't see that? That's our crowning achievement. Yeah, he I'll said, that up. He said, wow. He's like, like something along the lines of, great job. All of the Death Wish movies are shit. I tweet back and forth with Michael. That's why I asked him. Like, it, yeah, it was weird because it was out of the blue. Cause I don't follow him. He doesn't follow me. So I'm like, I don't know how. It, it must have been because you're like on my thread and it showed up. I don't know. I, I, yeah, that must have been it. Enough name dropping. Now we're going through those metal detectors, and you'll notice. Well, we see our teacher. He's like, he's this fresh. He just can't wait to just get in the kids' minds and teach them. Yeah, and like he meets he meets our our teacher played by uh, Ryan McDowell, Terry Corrigan, who's mm-hmm. just beaten down. Yes. Wanted at one time, he wanted to do the same thing, and he's just like, "Look, let me let me show you the ropes. These kids are garbage." <laughs> Don't invest your time, your emotions into them. Just come, get your paycheck, and go home. And he's like, what? What? I want to fucking teach kids the joy of music and open their minds. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Let me, let me show you. And then they go in, and we see the metal detectors, which at the time in 82, people were like, this is ridiculous. They would never have metal detectors. This, yeah. this movie is kind of, it predict the future. Yeah. I mean, they, but at the time, they're like, no way. No way would we have metal detectors right. in schools. Yeah, we do. And we see, but we see one kid. I call him, I don't know what the fuck his name was. I call him Jello because he looked like Jello Biafra to me. It's a perfect name, and uh, I think, well, I'll remember it. And he, his move, his weapon of choice is a straight blade. Yeah. And he sneaks it in with his fat friend Barnyard, I guess is his name, who, who I'm 47, and Barnyard looks older than me in this fuck. By the way, half the, the 
children, children, I'm using air quotes, in this movie are like 35-year-old adults. The, this hallway is mostly adults. Right. Now, oh, here, interesting fact about the actor who played Barnyard, Keith Knight. He was in My Bloody Valentine, and he was one of the voices in the Care Bear Adventures in Wonderland. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that makes sense, because we forgot to mention, this was one of those movies... When there there was this huge explosion in movies being made in Canada because there was like a tax write-off or something. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So this was one of those. And also, because uh, oh. we mentioned, that Lester considers this his a Clockwork Orange, and and in, yes. a, sense, <laughs> and in a sense, Barnyard is kind of physically looks like the the you know Alex's Droog Dim, except without the hat. Yeah. Good point. I'm glad you brought that up because he does say I, I listened to the audio commentary from from Mark Lester, and he does say he tried to put in some of that droog speak. He, he fails horribly. There's nothing Horrible like failure. somebody says talkie walkies one time. Yes, you're right. I did. I didn't realize they were trying to go for that, but I heard it a couple times, and I was just like, "What did he say?" Okay, let's move on. You know. <laughs> All right, so they so sneak in. We're trying to get through this metal detector. They sneak in. I'm using air quotes for sneak in because it's so obvious to the point where Norris sees it. Well, yeah, because uh, the security guard. There's one security guard watching thousands of students rush into this school, and he, of course, stops the one person of color to frisk him. He didn't even set off the de- metal detector. He's just like, well, you know what? I got to stop and frisk you. So that allowed uh, our, our gangbangs, uh, uh, what do we even call these guys? No. The pistols, because it's Pete, led by Pete. Pete and the pistols. Pete. But the guy has a clash jacket. Come on, you're mixing up your bands. Sex pistols clash. Oh, Fair I enough. didn't even think about that. Are you doing pistol Pete Maravich? Yes, are you? He is, he, does, he is, but he doesn't know he's doing it. I don't know who pistol Pete Maravich is. He wasn't in Weekend at Bernie's. Oh. I didn't extend my. Yeah, I remember, Joe. I, I'm even too fucking young for Pistol Pete. I know who he is, but like, Griff was born in '87. He wasn't even born when this movie came out. The the movie that was set in the future came out. Wow. I just want to give this gang a name. Okay, Sploogs, because they're like the droogs. But you know sploogs. what? I like the droogs, the splooges. Splooges. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Slugs or slugs. So while the security guard is distracted with the person of color, they slip the the splugs splug uh, <laughs> the knife past them, and Norris catches them, and he's right. like, "Hey, stop this kid! He's got a straight razor." And I think it was uh, Teddy Terry. Terry's like, whoa, "Whoa, bud! You gotta let some of these fish swim." Right? It's like, don't get involved. Yeah. Are you packing? Like, come on! I got a, I got a couple of knives. I'll give you one because you need yeah. to be packing in this. this like I said, this guy's straight from Nebraska, where they just they just use guns to hunt right before they go to school, like we learned in Run Hide Fight. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's like he's he's like, what's going on here? I just want to teach. <laughs> I just want to teach these kids. And we see. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Of the yeah. South Park. Whole thing. time. Whole time. How do I get through these kids? Uh, and we see our the leader. Uh, what's his name? Pete. Stegman. First of all, no, he's never called Pete. He even calls himself Stegman. Yeah. For fuck's yeah. sake. So I know you wrote in the notes, Pete, but Stegman. It's the shorter name. And he's played by Timothy Van Patten. And you have a you have a Van Patten uh, theory, uh, Joe? I have the Van Patten. Uh, yeah, let me pull. I have to get out this giant list here of Van Patten stuff. Okay, because some people get confused. Okay, because they think, oh, Tim Van Patten 
is the brother of Vincent Van Patten, best known as the Bionic Boy. And also, he was in Rock and Roll High School, another movie about a high school falling apart. Punk Rock was in that movie, too, wasn't it? Ramones. True. So, so bite me, Mark Lester, again. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but, but the, the weird truth is that even though Vincent Van Patten is two years older than Timothy Stegman here, Timothy is, in fact, his uncle. Because, <laughs> because Vincent's dad is, of course, Dick Van Patten from Eight is Enough and all those ads before he died on TV on the Me Network. Um, okay, well, Vincent, uh, Vincent's dad divorced his mom, remarried, and kid you not, 31 years later, had Timothy. And Jeez. so Timothy, Timothy, of course, he's known. He, he's from the White Shadow, and uh, Lee Van Cleef's the Master. He was in that too. But you might actually know him now from seeing his name on every, pretty much every show made on HBO that's not called Mayor of uh, Easton, since uh, my buddy Craig directed those. But yeah, Timothy's directed Sopranos, Game of Thrones. I believe he's won an Emmy now. He's like a big time TV director guy. Wow. And, and he's got his high school education to thank for it. He does. And Vincent, on the other hand, he married Betsy Russell, star of Tomboy and Private School and Avenging Angel. So, And they divorced her and is now married to one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills, who was also in House on Sorority Row. So there's your proof. Timothy Van Patten, Vincent Van Patten, not brothers, but in fact, he is the <laughs> uncle of the man who's two years older than him. So there you go. Life finds a way, you know? It's just funny sometimes. It is. Wait, wait, wait a minute. So Dick Van Patten, how is he related to Timothy Van Patten? Are they brothers? What? Timothy is his half-brother. What? Yes. I always thought he was his son. So did I. I Everyone did. Dick, you know, Dick Van Patten was a dad on the show called Aves Enough, and he looked like he fucking old. He had a comb over, and he is brothers with Stegman. That's amazing. He is brothers with Stegman, yes. And uh, as I said, 31-year difference. Wow, you just blew my fucking mind. Salami is the brother of the dad from Eight is Enough. <laughs> there you go. I couldn't help but wondering when we're watching this movie. I'm like, if only Stegman had a white shadow to look over him, I don't think he would have turned out so bad. Yeah. Because when he played Salami on the white shadow, he turned out to be, which was another inner city school show. Interesting. He turned good. Okay. So Ready to go to that principal? Basketball is, bad, is good. Music, bad. I think that's what we learned. Punk about rock news. Punk rock, punk rock for sure. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Well, but Stegman could play classical, as we heard. Yeah, that's true. We he was classically that. trained. We'll Just he could have joined Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Norris, he goes to the principal's office to get whatever he fucking needs from the principal. I like you know. Well, it was his first day. He had to go in, check in, get an ID, get a switchblade, you know, get the files, get the background information <laughs> on his students. This was something the principal yeah, offered the up Yeah, the permanent files. you remember the teachers oh, the always per- threatened oh, you with permanent files? the permanent files. Yes, of course. That was always in, like, TV shows and everything. Oh, the permanent file. And he's like, the principal's like, all right, you just got four hours a day. Your fifth hour, you're on monitor duty in the washrooms. Yeah. Which my ears perked up, so I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a Canadian movie because nobody in fucking America, at least in fucking Michigan, says washroom. We say restroom or bathroom. Yeah. You don't say washroom. Crapper. Shitter. Yeah, yeah. You don't, but you don't say washroom. Shit shoot. 
That's my favorite. That's probably why we don't wash our hands in America. You're in trough. You're in trough. I'm, oh, g- yeah. I'm getting flashbacks to Old Bard. No shit fell trough. I, I get flashbacks to Saint or Joe Louis Arena. By the way, that bathroom very roomy. I like that. Very bath, roomy. And you can just stretch out. I love that they had that old apparatus. Uh, I don't know if they have them anywhere. I haven't seen them in forever. But the the water fountain you would wash your hands on the circular fountain thing <laughs> with the bar you had to press down with your foot and it like turned on the whole fountain. It was a classy. That was that place. was a classy fucking fountain. Classy fucking bathroom. Nice nice graffiti on the wall. OJ is the he or something. It said aren't. Oh wait! It said <laughs> orange juice, not OJ. He a black man. <laughs> that was the graffiti on the wall. You're, while you're watching again, once again, Mark Lester predicted OJ was going to kill his wife. Yes, he did. <laughs> of course, I mean, this is how amazing. It is. I, I'm sad that didn't make it to any of the nine documentaries about OJ <laughs> in the recent, you know, future. Right. Now, now that is a real student school bathroom, though. Um, they they shot at Central Tech High in Toronto. Which, by the way, is the same school they used in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, so there was—that's why the math equations were on the board. That, they that's filmed it. Goodwill Hunting. I thought Goodwill Hunting was filmed in like Boston or something. They actually filmed I, it in Toronto. Hell yeah, they shot in Toronto. They had to save money everywhere. Okay. That was before wow, Boston. Wow, idea. Yeah, that was that was before Boston. You know, I think they did some you know B-roll shooting to you know show the boys at uh, Fenway Park and all the other crap, but. Uh, yeah, all the rest of that phony Toronto crap. <laughs> Fucking Toronto. I love Toronto. Let's stop shitting on Toronto and get to band class on time, guys. This isn't weekend. <laughs> yeah, the principal Bernie's. just said, like, these, these kids are hopeless. Just collect your paycheck. Everyone's just beaten down at this school. Yeah, just put on the radio or something. To, you know, tell the kids about a couple of notes. I, I don't know. You're basically. Have you a- heard the latest house, Cooper? It's you're, great. you're a babysitter here, man. Have you heard of punk rock? I hear it's catching on. He goes to class. This is where we see a young Michael Fox. He's like, he didn't have the J at this Yeah, time. he didn't have the J. And he's got the bowl cut, looking a little chubby. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he's fresh. He actually did look like a teenager. Right. Whereas everybody else, <laughs> for the most part in this movie, looked like they were 45 years old. And he's got his lesbian friend, Dean, what's De- Deneen. Deneen, weird name. It is a very strange name. And they're being harassed by the, the, the splooges. Yeah. And I, I want to say, Griff, fucking Patsy, that was that would have been my dream punk rock girlfriend in my, as a teenage year. Yeah. She was hot. Yeah. Oh. I would totally be into her. Very attractive woman. Yeah. And I, she's okay. licking fucking Michael J. Fox's face. How does he rep- look repulsed when she does that? That's why I want to know. <laughs> hanging out with a lesbian. Who knows what's going on with Michael? Yeah, yeah there's or, a lot of investigation that needs to be done into Michael J's char- or Michael Fox's character in this movie. I'd really like. I'm sad to hear Marty didn't think anything more than just like I invented punk rock. Yeah, so like Michael Michael Nanjay Fox is like the one kid that really wants to learn. He's the one that like you know he's the guy that that Norris like goes this kid he gets it and Dean and Deneen. Deneen. I'm gonna. Fucking stupid name. They want to learn. Everyone else is just fucking making noise, throwing shit. Yeah. Um, Norris comes in. He's able to settle the class down, and they all shush up. And he starts trying to, hey, if you're here, just say here. And that's when Jello first blurts out. So if I'm not here, I'll just say I'm not here, right? Like, good joke. You know, a good Vinny joke. He likes that kind of humor. 
And uh, so then they start going around the class. North's just like, what What the fuck was that? Is it, God, this is the dumb kids I have to deal with. Is this, is this a lead building? Is it just all lead? There's a lot of lead paint. Yeah. yeah. So he goes through, and he's trying to call everybody's name out and get them to respond. They are – Pete is conducting everybody like a conductor himself. He's a maestro. He is a maestro. And so they're try, they're they're like – before they call out that they're present, they look over at Pete like, is it okay if I say that I'm here? Norris catches on by the second student. And I, wh- what does he say to Pete? He's like, what's your problem? I, I don't think he went that far yet. He said, what's your name? What's and your then name? he says in in German his name. He's like, Ich Stegman, and then he fucking Stig Hiles the, and his crew, the, the Splooges. The Splooges, yeah. They Stig Hiles the teacher. So they're not playing around, dude. And Norris wasn't even bothered by it. So <laughs> he did come from Nebraska. He probably saw a lot more of the swastika saluting over there. And he's just like, well, look, if you're going to be an interruption, get the fuck out, because I'm here to teach. Yeah. Stegman goes, Stegman! Out, because he prefers himself in the third person, which proves he's a huge douchebag. And he also throws, because Stegman's got a lot of one-liners in this movie. He throws out, what's a matter with matter? That'll make you think. He just dropped the mic and then walked out. That'll make you think. He meets up with our, our one, two students in the whole school that want to learn. Anine, hate your fucking name, and Fariardi. <laughs> And he's like, and we see that uh, at, when you when you get to know him, uh, uh, Farty, he's like the class cut up, but he know like it's appropriate. You know, he doesn't he, he tells the jokes when it's appropriate. So he's just like, I play the tuba, and he's got a fucking trumpet, and we're like, ah, that's so adorable. He might also just be a little lightened up because you know the spooges spooges aren't there anymore so he feels like he can use his sense of humor because you know they have punched him in the face so many times for that awful joke i wanted to punch him in the face i don't get why i don't get why the spooges didn't beat up the kid with the sticks t-shirt you know (laughs) too pathetic they're like is that what you did in high school you were like (laughs) fuck sticks and you were punching people hell yeah sticks Speed speedwagon you know you're all you're all dead Don Kirshner rock concert people gone. <laughs> Joe, punk rock hadn't made it to America yet. This is 1982, remember? We were still oppressed. We were waiting for that movie Bark Lester was making to come. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. He won many awards for costuming. He said that. I believe it. So I thought yeah. I thought all the kids were dressed very uh, kids and adults were dressed very well. Seriously, there's people running around with thicker mustaches than me. I got a fucking great mustache. <laughs> fucking <laughs> barnyard's back hair was thicker than your fucking mustache. This is so, yeah. great. My cat's name is Barnyard, and it makes me so happy that there's a character named Barnyard in this movie. So the real reason Stegman and his Spalooges hang out at school is to sell drugs. And there's some competition, and he's pissed. He's like, "Look, man, he used to make four grand a week." Selling whatever drug they sell. Angel dust, I think, is what they sell. There, there was talk of crack, cocaine, and angel dust. And now we're making two because of Juju's crew. And then we see one of Juju's crew in the background, Leroy. We yeah. know he's Leroy because he says Leroy on the back of his jacket. Yes. And he's selling to some people. To a couple of sweet, innocent girls. Going to get them hooked. And uh, Stegman, if anything, is industrious. We can give him that much because he's like, we got to start making some more money. Right. And, he's- and remember, Griff. Four grand a week 
1982. That's quarter million a week. Quarter. Bro. This million. kid was making. If you adjust for inflation, quarter million a week. Quarter million. Well, so I mean, we think it's quick. Oh, I mean, go minimum ahead. Minimum wage. Minimum wage was three dollars and thirty-five cents when this film was being made. So Jeez. those kids were those kids were going to lose money when they had to graduate from high school. <laughs> exactly. So he's like, we got to teach these guys a lesson. So they they grab uh, Leroy. Take him to that very spacious bathroom. Yeah, they before they even get to Leroy, they have to, they're like, we just need some spending cash for today <laughs> yeah, to get lunch. They do shake down one guy. So they they find Lester, good old Lester, <laughs> and they shake his wall. This kid's running around with fifty dollars. If you're going to a school where people are packing knives and guns and shivs, you're going to prison basically. <laughs> Why are you carrying like fifty dollars cash with you? Mark Lester said this was the the thing was this is a middle this is a middle class school he's like because he's like I don't because normally you would think this would be a ghetto school this shit would happen it's like no this is like this is how crazy things are things are gonna get that even middle class kids are spray painting shit and robbing people and doing drugs yeah so it's part of it so they take they take Leroy to the the very spacious roomy bathroom. Yep, they spot him on the staircase. They tackle him and they drag him into their office. Very Fonzie of them in the bathroom. And Stegman goes, "We're the only African Americans that sell drugs in this school." Yes, there's a hard R dropped. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't say African American. And then in the second time when he uses, he he goes with a, a different. Uh, well, that's how he gets away with it. He says, "I didn't say hard R. I said it. I said uh." <laughs> and then Leroy's like, oh, you're right. You kind of got me. And yeah. He forgives him. They just steal the wad out of his uh, pocket. They rough him up a bit. And the, they're like, go back to Juju and tell him about what we did here today. We're going to rumble. It's very Fonzie-esque because got, they got their office in the bathroom. Yeah. And they're going to rumble later on. Yeah. Was that Fonzie's nomenclature? He's like, he liked to rumble with yeah, people? Yeah, that's, that's what all gangs do. They rumble. Oh, okay. I really, at some point, we need to talk about all of Pete's two shirts that he wears and, like, the <laughs> the studs that he had on them. And then, like, it was like a vest. I love this fucking uh, handcuff belt, dude. That, that was that was rad. Yeah. With, like, leather pants or something. Yeah, leather pants. Kid, he saw Kane Kazuki. He was like, <laughs> I'm going to be that, but adult form or teenage form. Well, he was an adult, so, yeah, adult form. I mean, think he could pull that off before they had invented hot topics. There you go. That's what that was the the person who who came up with hot topics. Big fan of this movie. I People don't know that. Been. Mark Lester, early investor in hot topics. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Trust me, these clothes are the way of the future." That's what that song's about in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> hot topic. <laughs> there you go. So I'm just happy to see here that Joe did the numbers on uh, the uh, the inflation rate. You guys are right there. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's that weekend at Bernie's Investor Brains of yours. Yeah. Well, you know me. I know all of. I'm like a like a mental calculator, dude. I can just human calculator. A human calculator. I know all about inflation. <laughs> all right. So it's the end of the school day. Norris is getting he's getting to his car in the fuck fuckery uh, parking space. Yeah. Faculty. The fucker teeth. And he sees that said teacher sucks spray painted on his fucking motherfucking kid. Shit man. brown car. <laughs> Actually improved it, if you ask me. <laughs> he sees Terry. Terry's like, I'm going I'm gonna get fucking wasted. See you later. We Terry eventually we find out that he's he's making his own alcohol at school <laughs> and he's got a bunch of like lab animals that he drinks with. 
That's the life. That would have been my Ace Ventura life gone south. He's got all the animals, and he drinks heavily. So he drives home to his, his wife. We find out she's three months pregnant. What? Again, another scene. Never got any one scene like this in Run, Hide, Fight. There is so much to unpack in this scene, and you see the joke I made there because she's unpacking their house. She's pregnant. That would have worked in Weekend at Bernie's. There we go. <laughs> That's a good joke. She's unpacking the house, but she's wearing high heels to unpack. Who wears high heels to unpack, Joe? A, a sexy woman. This is, uh, this is your era. <laughs> do, you, do you guys wear heels when you unpack? Uh, back in the 80s, yeah, if you were a stripper, you definitely wore... I, I knew this one girl, I kid you not, she would not live without a three-inch heel under her. And one time we dropped by and we caught her, you know, I, I forget what she was doing, but she didn't have, uh, she didn't have her, her, her heels on. And we look, I looked down and I Jeez. realized she was standing on tiptoes the entire time. She oh refused gosh. to let her heel touch the ground. So who knows? It could have been. <laughs> Mind <laughs> of a stripper. So Mark Lester, the genius, was right again. Everyone in the 80s wore heels. Was she short? Time. Was that why? Or she just, that was just her thing? No, she was like 5'8". Wow, that's weird. She just liked heels that much. Maybe she couldn't help herself. Maybe her feet are just that way now. Like, she can't. Oh, not. yeah. Like, her sport just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe body can't handle gravity. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> and all we're learning in this scene is that Norris has a lot at stake here. He's got a big, beautiful home, a big, beautiful pregnant wife who runs around on heels. Uh, and he just wants to get to these kids. He just wants to get to these kids. And he's telling his wife, and she's like, "Honey, you're gonna you're gonna get through to these kids. I believe in you." Yeah. Oh, juju, splooches. Time to rumble. So they set it up under the bridge. This is the non-butt warming bridge. Well, it's a highway overpass. It wasn't a bridge, so it's different. Well, technically, I guess. I, it's also not the morning time. I, I already said the buttholes need to be warmed up in the morning. This is the evening. There's no butthole warming in the evening. All I know is they're under siege. They are getting the hobo fires ready in the trash cans, though. Yeah. Kindling them? Because that's at night. Yeah. And the, and you the, splooges, the splooges are ready for them. Well, the, it seems like Juju's crew has knives. The splooges... They're hacksaw Jim dugging it. They have like two, two by, by fours. fours. They set up some table ladders, <laughs> so they're getting ready for some swanton <laughs> bombs. And they got the thumbtacks. Fucking Barnard throws the thumbtacks out. They're ready. Yeah, they're, they're some of them are not so good at blading. So you saw when they took a hit and went over in the corner. There's and they, all oh. those fucking light bulbs. What was going on with that? I don't know. They Just were... these kids, man. I, Joe, I hate your uh, your generation for starting this trend <laughs> in uh, back or uh, underpass wrestling. I mean. Street fights where yeah. you know they started dudes in the flesh and tubes to hit each other. It, Mick Foley. It's just silly. Mick Foley was yep. part of that. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Cactus Jack was in there. Yep, yep, yep. Cactus Jack. Now, now it should be noted this once again. This is another scene which I get the feeling at Mark Lister scene going. This is my Clockwork Orange moment from you know Alex and his droogs yeah. fighting Billy Boy and his guys at that uh, right towards the end of their big night out. Guess, That's a good guess what, Joe? You're right, because he did say that in his commentary. That's oh. amazing. That's so good. Uh, killing it, Joe. And just when we hope someone's going to get killed, the cops show up. Faster than oh. any of the AEW refs. This is the only time in the movie the cops show up to do something. 
I thought they showed up a lot. But they, but they always, they always showed up to say we can't do anything. I love that this is this is like classic eighties <laughs> like liberal court system. We can't do anything. They have a rap sheet on uh, on uh, Peter and the Splooges that's like just long rape murder. But they're kids. You can't coyotes. You can't, like they're sneaky. We all know, in. Griff. You're under eighteen. You can do whatever you want. It's not against the law. Can't do anything. Well, they're also all white, so you can't do yeah. a single thing. Oh. <clears throat> they get they, they they break up the rumble. They're like, hey, it's time to party, man. So they get in their car. Patsy somehow had gotten the address book of all the teachers. And apparently it was just printed that day <laughs> because it already has uh, Norris's address in it. That's the wow, one time the school is on their shit. Yeah, it's all mimeographed, too. So you know they had to sit there and just crank those pages out all day and get high on blue stuff. You know, <laughs> oh that mimeograph, oh that that oh I miss that smell of fresh mimeograph stuff, uh, the blue ink. So they're pissed. They're pissed off at Norris, man, because there's a lot of cat and mouse in this fucking movie, man. Tension, another thing absent from another school movie we did. <laughs> there's tension. It's building. We're getting characters. We're understanding victims. We're understanding our villains. This is good shit. It's not perfect shit like Mark Lester says it is, but it's good shit. So Norris and his wife got home. They got some falafels from from a falafel place. Like, so I, I saw that's what I keep seeing. And whenever they were downtown, it was this You're falafel right. place. I did notice a and lot Mr. of falafel submarine, places. Mr. Submarine. But they didn't want submarines and sandwiches that day. Yeah. And so they're going into their house, and they see this convertible that pops up. And... She's like, don't do it. Don't engage. Let's just get in our house, Andy. Like, I think no. this is why they left Nebraska was because he was going up to every car that stopped by them and <laughs> tr- challenging them to a fight. because oh, he wants to help these kids. He, just wants- <laughs> he didn't realize they were kids. Well, I don't know what they were because they're all wearing crazy masks. And they got one looked like the fucking crazy kid from uh, a segment looked like the crazy kid from uh, New Year's Evil because he had the stocking You're right, mask. And the glasses. Oh, yeah. And the glasses. Yeah. And they're like, hey, teacher, teacher. That's his big put down. Teacher, teacher. Teacher, teacher. That's very Droog-like, too. It was, yeah. And he sprays it with, like, at first I thought he sprayed him with uh, 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 jelly from the, the gun from the island of Misfit Toys. Remember that? It was a squirt gun that shot jelly. Oh, maybe yeah. it is. But he thinks it's stage blood. Or maybe it's, maybe it's blood. I don't know. But he gets hit in the face with blood. Which I would freak me out. But he's <laughs> just like, oh, these kids. And they take off. And they go in the house, and that's it, right? Yeah, we just we we don't need to follow them inside anymore to see him get cleaned up. Who would want a scene of her cleaning <laughs> him up? So we got to go to something fun and exciting like a fucking punk show. Hell yeah, Murray. This is what it looked like, right? Yeah, exactly. I used to have an office. I used to run my criminal empire out of a punk rock. Club. I mean, like, we actually see the kids all rocking out, skanking. That's this is what the you first, guys did. According to Mark Lester, first time we've ever seen someone slam dance on film. Yeah. I saw a little Easter egg in there, too. Bernie flying around in the crowd. <laughs> limbs flailing. Glasses still on. It did look like a real punk rocky kind of show from back in those days. Well, it, was, it was a real punk rock band. It was Teenage Head. Teenage Head. They should have been bigger. They should have been bigger. (laughs) DJ, are you going to their shows? I didn't go see. I saw Black Flag. I saw who did I say? You know, I saw Black Flag. Is that enough? Or you know, saw Pussy Galore open for them. So you know, but uh, yeah, I never saw Teenage Head. Sadly, no Teenage Head when I was a kid. This show looks accurate to you too. 
Yeah. So it's and that that just kids going wild, a trashed warehousey kind of space where they've done yeah. absolutely no, you know, beautification project to make the club look any better. It's good shit. Yeah. Did you see long hair Rollins or short hair Rollins? I've seen both, but it was long hair the first time. Oh. I had to sneak. I had to sneak into the show. I was. It was supposed to be an all ages show, and then they decided, "Fuck it, only you know, no more. You got to be nineteen or up," because that was the drinking age in Raleigh. And I had to sneak in with because I somehow my my buddies had gotten in before me when they decided no more underagers, and so I basically I don't know what I did. I, I was hiding behind Sarah Romweber from Let's Active, and I waved keys and pointed inside like I have to give these to my driver or whatever. They let me in. I didn't even pay. Snuck back and hid behind the PA system. And the next thing you know, this guy comes up to me with long hair and pulls his T-shirt off, and he's got Search and Destroy written on his back. And I'm like, oh, I think that's Henry. So I said hi to him. And years later, I met him when they opened up, uh, when they were playing with Lollapalooza. So but that was short hair, Henry, then. So, great fucking show. You got all the kids skanking. You got Bernie flying around. You got tits out and everything. Yeah. Have you seen tits at a punk show? I don't I, think I've ever seen tits at a show, period. I don't think I've seen women at most punk shows. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, don't worry. There's not All the action isn't up front. There's a good amount of action in the back. Yeah, because this is their office. This is their they they run their criminal empire out of this club. Yeah, I love that Pete's got Pete and the Splooges have multiple offices. They're re, they're the young entrepreneurs, and they're they're doing auditions. They get people lined up looking for work. Lined up, so they go next. They bring in this kid, this little greasy little little wop named he, Vinny. He looked like he wanted to be in the Ramones. No, he had. I don't think so. He'd have a bowl cut. He had like I think he had some. Kind he, of weird he had like long hair there. and the bangs that were just barely. It, it was off awful, his eyes. but I don't think it was Ramones. I looking. thought he was going for. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Griff. I don't know. He's just like, hey, day. I want to work for you because my name's Vinny, so this is my accent. And like, well, what can you do? I'll do anything. I'll suck a dick if you want me to. <laughs> if like, you're offended Whoa. by that accent, that was Murray, not me. Fuck the Italians. I'll say whatever I want about them. How about that? Murray. How about that? Murray and they're like, well, you know, we'll keep you in mind. We'll keep you in mind. They, they, they in the back of their head, they're like, yeah. we, could, we could use this. You're kid. only fourteen. That's still, you know, the age we work in. But we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna put you in the roller decks here. What's the matter with matter? That's what he left the kid with. I want you to think of a riddle for me. Once you have the answer, I might let you in. What's the matter with matter? Kids really thinking about it. You see the gears churning. Up next, we get Sally, the punk rock chick. She's up for anything. Ooh. And we know that because Patsy goes, look, we can turn this broad out. She'll do anything for Coke. Yeah. Anything. And he's like, well, let's see. So they, fly, they chop up some lines for her. She just snorts them. They're like, get fucking naked for us. Yeah, Patsy. Patsy's demanding it. She's like, well, Patsy's the one that says we can turn her out. Yeah, Patsy. We can turn her out. Let's see them tits, girl. Shake that ass. Let's see what's going. And what? What is, what is the hairstyle she's got going on here? This is amazing. It was, it was, like, it was almost like a B fifty two beehive type. I was shit gonna going say on. it's kind of like beehive, but it's like pointed up. It poofs out and then points straight together, almost mohawk style. Apparently, she was just a local punk chick who was willing to get naked for a movie. According now, to Mark Lester, when you guys were at these early punk shows, were you seeing elaborate hairstyles like this? 
Murray's already men. said he saw no women at a punk show. So, <laughs> yeah, did you see men who look like women? He's kind of when I like. We're, we're, I mean, Joe's like eight years older. Yeah, so he was more in the first generation. The generation I'd wanted to go see. I was more in that New York youth crew shit, which I don't like. Yeah, kind of shit. Like, but so they were, they they pushed women out by that time. It was all he man woman hater club. Yeah, shit. and you were all inclusive. You said get yeah. the ladies in here. Yeah. Good ladies. Oh, get laid if we don't. Like, <laughs> You know. it, but a lot, so, of, a lot yeah. of it just depended on the show, as they say. If it was kind of new wavy, yeah, you saw a lot more freaky haircuts and more hairspray okay. being used. Uh, if it was, you know, some of the more, we'll just say, shows that came to the cradle, you, you didn't want too much up because you might poke somebody in the eye because the room was too crowded. Too crowded. Unless you yeah. wanted to crowd, unless you wanted to poke people in the eye with your hair, and then you would, a- you know. That's a great way to start a conversation. If you're a little shy, you poke someone in the eye. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. You get them a pack of ice. Next thing you know, you're married yep, with kids. It. With a cornea that's scratch. It. That's it. <laughs> with the cornea scratch, yes. <laughs> oh. So, like, Fallon, the only other character has a name in the Splooges. Yeah. Awful name, by the way. Well, it's inspired somehow by Jimmy Fallon, who's just an awful human being. I think Jimmy Fallon was inspired by this guy. Probably. Because he's Which, a creep, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Because Fallon's like, I got a sample. Everybody's got a fucking Guido accent for some reason for me. He's like, I got a sample that. No, Murray, you got this backwards. He tells Fallon, <laughs> go fuck this new merch. And Fallon is just like, he's reading the stocks. I'm trying to be a young conservative over here. Okay, I'll go bang her. And Patsy's like, I'm going to go watch. Make sure he does it right. <laughs> well, that's going on. Jello is fucking shooting up heroin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, Jello. Uh, I know you wanted to mention something about Patsy or Patsy adjacent. Adjacent, because back, you know, we were talking about girls at the punk rock clubs. And I remember there was this one pink haired girl whose name I better leave off because she might not be dead and she might track me down and beat me up or something but uh she had pink this hair does go like, out to everybody in the u.s so yeah, then, that's big yeah, punk rock. Aging, we're big in the aging punk rock community yes, we're very well, big her yeah. name was monica we'll just stick with that part so i can don't keep saying her perfect but yeah but she was she had Lord, this pink hair she was so cool she was working this uh, club zen was the name of the place in chapel hill and i was like oh she's great and i found out some people knew her and i was like hey you know about knowing her and this guy tells me he goes okay so this uh, he was like, a couple months ago, she wanted to go to New York City, but she realized she didn't have enough money. So she called up the last three guys she had hooked up with, told them she was pregnant, and was willing to go halvesies on an abortion if they'd give her cash. And she went he to New York on that well vacation. She would Very have been, industrious. Her, her and Patsy would have been, like, so good friends, I think so. <laughs> so, go ahead. um i did just want to uh add on to uh i believe you said this was in mark lester's commentary he claims to have created bisexual characters with patsy yeah he invented bisexuality oh just bisexuality i don't know i trust mark mark lester right he made commando he made commando he made the spartan squad clearly so he made bisexuality as well i don't know i i would go with uh Anita Pallenberg in Barbarella, I think, was pretty bisexual of a character, too. <laughs> so there is confusion. There's, school, there's many schools of thought on when bisexuality well, was invented. We'll write a letter, a strongly worded letter, to Mark Lester and let him know, we're not so sure if you've been to bisexuality. It might have been Barbarella. 
It might have been. It the next been. day, we're in band class. Norris is like, I think you kids got something here. I'm gonna, in, I'm gonna put us into the state competition. Is anybody interested? No one raises a hand. Come on, guys, we're gonna learn some of the classics: Kachowski, Beethoven, uh, <laughs> Ludv- Ludwig, <laughs> uh, Arthur. Is that like Beethoven? <laughs> yes. And the kids are not cracking. The hearts. The I mean, all the great. kids are not cracking. He's like, you get to miss one hour of school for rehearsals. Still not cracking. I'll give you each twenty bucks, and at all every hand goes up. We want that twenty. Well, because these Griff, these kids have been beaten down by the splooges for years, and they, they like, there's no hope. And then he's inspiring Come them. On. I know this was cut from the film because they're like, we got to give these kids a win. I know the Splooges were outside of that door with a cup to the door, listening in. All the kids are getting 20 bucks. We're, this is going to be easy money. We're just going to beat their ass, take the 20 bucks as they walk out. But they all agree they want to be in the band. Like you said, they're listening. So just piss on their parade. That's when the Splooges come in. Mm. And they're just actors, you know, drawing all the attention to them, wasting time. Pete goes over and sits at the pe- and he's just like, I just, I don't know what to say to you guys. You're, you're trying to kick us out before we even get a chance to ask to join your junior orchestra. And Norris is busy yelling at, like, the other splooges, trying to keep up, push him out the door. Well, first he starts hammering his hands like fucking more. Yeah, that's blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And so he's just like, this kid's wasting my time again. Because Norris is not into the avant-garde shit. I heard you, the piece he played. That's a sample used in Kanye West's biggest track ever. Over one billion uh, uh, records sold of just that one sample. Wow. Yeah. So good. People are buying records. That's how good it is. That's right. And he's just like, yeah, you're going to get the fuck out. You're going to waste my time. And just he's about to say, point to the door. This most beautiful music just starts coming from those eyes. He's tickling those ivories. Oh, my God. This is beautiful. And he's like, what? Like that's beautiful. He uh, goes over to the piano. It's an upright piano, and he puts a elbow and rests his ha- head on his chin, and he's just like staring into little Pete's eyes, and he's just like getting lost. I never knew you had this music in you. How do I reach <laughs> these kids? And then he stops, and because his segment is self destructive, he's like, "Do I get the fucking part or what?" And he's like. Immediately, fucking cold shower on fucking Norris's dick. He's just like, no, you don't. Get out, young man. Until you grow up, there is no part in my orchestra for you. He's got the rubber pointer out now with the, you know, the three-foot uh, stick on it. There's the door. Go on. And they just walk out. Walk! Walk! And they walk out. So he, you know what's he amazing? Had the kid and... That Tim, uh, Tim actually made that song up himself. What? That is that is his his piece of music in the film. Yeah. No shit. That's how talented Salami is. He, he is. I mean, every Tim I've known is super talented. I agree. Every Tim I've known is super talented as well. <laughs> I only know one, and he's speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> we cut to Terry. He's still. He's got his still out. He's fucking just getting drunk, petting a rabbit. He George. You know, he's just doing all that shit. And uh, we're in the hallways. 
Yep, Norris, I believe this is his first hallway duty. Yes, it's it's fourth period in time. We're getting to see shots of all the adults, because they're all adults. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got some of those. I, I'm sorry. Noti- I noticed the butt, so I got to point out the butt. There was that one girl with like the yeah. shorts that are pulled way up yeah, where like, her underwear was yeah. hanging out the bottom yeah. and everything. I like that. That was good. And I, we liked it. The, the principal liked it because they cut to the scene of the principal checking out the. That's right. And he <laughs> zooms in. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. At least we can feel good, though, because all these kids are like 38 years old. <laughs> right. So we're not pedophiles. We're older than me, younger, woman. just barely younger than you guys. <laughs> it's all fair game, guys. Yeah. We're old people. A lot of ass going on. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're grooming that girl. <laughs> so we go to that spacious bathroom again. People in New York would kill to have an apartment the size of this fucking. Bathroom. I know they'll take it, piss and shit, smell and all. Oh. OJ graffiti. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care if they had that much room for under eight million dollars. And we see our boy Farty Artie and his buddy Jimmy. Oh. Jimmy, like Farty Artie, he's on the straight and narrow. He's finally found a mentor in, in Norris. So his friend, not so much. His friend's like, hey, man, I need to get high. I don't give a well, Give me what you got. They're like, you ever heard of P2P? He's like, no. Yeah, of course I have. Well, we got some for you. Yeah. $30. That's it. $30. And he pulls out his Velcro wallet, hands him that. <laughs> He's like, do you have change for $220? <laughs> Sorry, we don't. <laughs> He's like, he wants an angel dust, so he takes it for 40. Oh, God. And they're like, hey, do it now. Do it in front of us. I like this. He wants to test it. And he doesn't know, like we know, because we're investigative journalists. You just do a nummy. You just rub your gum with it. Come on, man. You're going way overboard. He's just snorting it like a fucking Hoover. Yeah, he's he's got one little dab, then he has a second dab. Also, Mark Lester invented dabbing, so (laughs) that's a thing. Oh, he's dabbing it out there, and his eyes are just getting redder by the second. He's, you see his shirt's ripping off him. He's, I thought he was turning in the hawk. Artie's nervous. He's like, come on, man. You don't need to do this. Then the narc. I, the only thing I want to point out, okay, they're unruly kids, but Patsy always respects that a woman never goes into a men's bathroom. <laughs> Notice she's always guarding the door, never goes in the bathroom. Yep. Respecting the founders. She just knows how disgusting those places are. That's all. She yeah. probably does smell the pee smell <laughs> wafting every time the door opens. Yeah. You don't want, like, I don't want that. These kids graffiti everywhere. You know they're not the type to poop in the toilet. They're pooping around the toilet. They got the dog chained up next the to the trough. <laughs> of course. Crazy. There's a little person in a cage. <laughs> it's awful, man. What kind yeah. of mud show is this? <laughs> yeah. We, but, we've all been to a mud before, we, we before, before Nora storms in the bathroom, we need to ask the big question here. Joe, we'll start with you. Have you ever walked into the bathroom? Maybe you didn't see a drug deal, but something <laughs> was happening, and everyone went quiet and looked right at you type of situation? Not. Uh, Not only is uh, everyone just, goes quiet, yes, they all run to the urinals. Yes, but only at one of those kind of parties, okay? Where I don't think they wanted to share what they were doing. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh my we'll just leave it at that we'll leave it as part of the dark side of my former life how's that sound wow we're gonna have to investigate joe now yeah so yeah they're like nothing here we're just urinating together <laughs> so norris has stormed in the bathroom right everyone plays it cool 
All right, there is. We're all nope. Just urinating. That's all we're doing. All at the same time. We <laughs> you didn't see it come in the bathroom. We've been peeing for holding God each other's time. penises. They're like you know the buddy system. Can you stop that from being promiscuous in the bathroom like that? I, mean, I know you probably should. Norris, he knows something's up because he doesn't trust this Stegman kid. Normally, he'd be like, "Okay, it's just kids urinating together. No big deal." What's going on here? Yeah, he 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 smells it in the air. He's like, "Something's wrong." Well, and it's not just piss, and it's not just shit. <laughs> so he lines everybody up and makes them empty out their pockets. You got you got fucking barnyard. He's like, "I don't have pockets." <sighs> I don't know. I had to give him something, man. Yeah. Well, okay. And she's like, okay. And then he's like checking the urinals. They see the little baggie, little empty baggie. I think it was empty, wasn't it? Was uh, it looked like it was started? empty. For to, to me, it looked like it was. But empty. he knows he's even though this was in the urinal, he still does the nummy and rubs his gum with it. Everything about the 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 hygiene that's <laughs> happening right here is disgusting. Because they don't have that fucking uh, hand the, washing thing that you were talking about. Oh, the, the, the what? Of course they do. It wasn't working, Griff. Is that order? <laughs> it was out of commission. <laughs> he could have got some paper towel to reach in there, but this man is just like rubbing down the urinal, grabbing the fucking thing, and doing gummies out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how we everybody got COVID. Okay, now we'll just admit this is it. This is it. Yeah, we're ground zero. <laughs> it was a bathroom in, in Lincoln, Massachusetts. That's where COVID started. People didn't watch. We're just trying to blame it on China. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like farty already. I know you're not into this shit. You can go. You and your buddy Jimmy can go. You, you hoodlums, you stay here. Yeah, splugies, you're gonna stay here. We're going to talk. We're going to rap. I thought you just took him to the principal. Does he take him straight to the principal? Take him to the principal. Oh, okay. And the principal's like, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. My hands are tied. These kids, they're perfect. They're you have proof. Yeah. He's like, yes, I do right here. This little urine-stained baggie. <laughs> Pistol He's like, sorry, I don't see any angel dust there. He tries, he tries to do a nod me. He's like, there's nothing here. <laughs> I was jonesing, and there's nothing here, man. Yeah. These kids, let them go. Did you C- catch them in the middle of the crime? Go ahead, Joe. CSI, CSI Lincoln High School was not a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of extracurriculars. Cur- 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 oh, my God. What is that word? Extracurriculars? Curricular. Yeah. No, they don't have all those extra classes. Like my high school, we didn't have any high sc- extra classes. I'm glad you fumbled that word because there was a thing that Mark Lester would do in the, uh, oh, the audio boy. commentary that got on my fucking nerves. He kept saying, this movie was very controversy. Eerie controversy? Not controversial. He kept saying controversy. Oh. He used it many times, and I wanted to stab him every single time. So the principal's like, hey, my hands are tied. Yeah. Let him go. Unless you caught him red-handed in 4K, do you have a video camera with the footage? And I mean, he, it's got to be hard to do. And he, there probably would be, but he's too busy zooming in on girls' asses to see these drug deals going down. <sighs> this is... While that's going on, Jimmy is tripping balls on his angel dust. (laughs) We actually saw in the lineup, Jimmy is like looking all over the place. His eyes are just super red. Oh, that was that was earlier in the day. He and the very patriotic Farty Artie were putting up the flag, raising the flag. They're raising their shorts and the flag. Oh, I didn't notice that. And so that's it's foreshadowing. 
And he decides, fuck it, man. I love that fucking uh, Harvey Danger song, uh, Fence Pole Sitter. Flag Pole Flag Sitter. Flag Pole Sitter. <laughs> it's <laughs> Sitter as well, I believe. I'm going to try that. Yeah. So he climbs up, and he's like, hey, I love America. Wipes his ass with a flag. And that gets into a whole different story that, uh, oh, man, how that flag ended up in a TV studio used for wrestling years later is beyond us. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Joe tried to help us with that uh, off air. We didn't get to the bottom of it. Are you talking about the, the, the uh, uh, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling World? <laughs> That's exactly what we're talking about. And the U.S. flag that hangs in their building that has a shit stain on it <laughs> to this day. Yes, they never cleaned it. They never cleaned it. Go back and watch it, people. They, they every time we watch an episode, yeah. we notice it. And it bothers yeah. me because I love Old Glory. I love America. I it's, love the flag. It's just offensive to have an American flag with a giant <laughs> shit stain hanging. It's a giant. That's why it's so obvious. So it, your eye goes to it because it's so small. Okay. But it's still offensive. Yeah, right, right, right. On an old glory. And it's also faded and, you know. Yeah. That, that flag mean, probably was around for like 40 years in that studio. <laughs> it's probably so, still there. Bam, bam. It, it could be. It could be. You know. Uh, sorry to diverge again, but we're st- this is a this is a, a guest episode, so we're getting deep into the investigations here. I have to imagine that uh, WWE A and E show where they travel and find shit and buy it. I would love that. I imagine they're the looking. Flag? I imagine they're looking for that flag. I would. I can't it. wait to hear Jim Cornette talk all about it. I, Do you I, have that? You're listening. Ten grand. Ten grand. Ten grand, they'll give the flag. I, you know, I'll have to call around the studio. WRL Studios is where they shot it. That's like the big. Uh, now they're an NBC thing, but they, they, they basically the idea was okay. If you, if you watch the show, you see all those people in the bleachers. So those bleachers, yeah. those bleachers were built into the wall, and then they they would put the ring up every week for the show, and then I think they had stashed away. Okay, the where they, uh, I, don't, I can't remember the announcers on it was Shavante or whatever. But they they stand in front of those uh, the the thing with the you know uh, mid lane championship wrestling on it. Well, it turns out those flip around and it's the worldwide wrestling show that they would show in the afternoons. Oh. Uh, NWA NWA would come on at eleven thirty after the Saturday night news, and I want to say it was like three o'clock or something that the uh, worldwide world uh, the other channel uh, the W well before the web. Uh, they're, they're wrestling shows. So those were like stashed off in a corner or wherever in the night. So I'm guessing all those flags along with the banner, uh, were pretty much just kept up there the entire, I, they might have had to take them down. Cause they used to do this, uh, the other kids shows like teen frolics and the uncle Paul show in that building too. Um, yeah. and then, and then all that went away when the, uh, F- FCC ruled that you didn't have to have all that local programming crud and you can just run infomercials all day. It's, and so that's that, crazy. All that, but those those flags, yeah, they they should be sending people around looking for those damn flags. I mean, you know, blackjack I, mulligan. Exactly. He I mean, blackjack Joe Mulligan might have been the guy who wiped his ass with the American flag. I've been writing my congressman. They're like talking about doing a whole panel to investigate January six. I'm like, investigate the flag at you know the flag studio. Gate. You know, gate at uh, the studio. I want to say Nikita Khrushchev, Baron von Rasky. He was a big guy at the time down here. He might have liked oh, his Joe, Nikita Khrushchev, uh, Koloff oh, wow. would never 
wipe his ass because he remember he turned good. He did turn yeah. good. But see, he was and bad he started... when he was down here. This, that's true. Yeah. 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 All right, we're just all right, really all right, going off. Right, People right, are like, right, shut right. the fuck up, you guys. I, I gave out the warning early in the episode <laughs> that at some point we'd fall into wrestling. Hey, so we, we've we lived up to that back. warning. Can we talk about the fact that if this film was made today, how many kids watching Jimmy dancing on that flag would have that footage of him taking a header on TikTok, you know, within 30 minutes of that happening? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything. They probably have been filming it themselves. Yeah, that's the thing. Kids today, they don't they don't understand the beauty of live disaster theater. You know, they all want to videotape it and put it on and get their hits uh. and likes. They, they don't want to be able to say that, you know, for the next 20 years, going to a bar going, hey, remember that guy who was dancing on the flagpole and took a header? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be there. You know, stay. Here's my right. link. Like me. Oh. Five, you know, five-star reviews only. Five you know, Here's a nice smut film. That would have been perfect for your faces of death. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, this would per- this yes, I would this would fit in with faces of death. Someone falling off a flagpole. And he does, and he lands on his head, breaks his neck, dies. The whole school comes out. Yeah, the 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 jelly beans or whatever he had in his mouth start oozing out. He's he's just <laughs> The blood looked shitty. Yeah, that's my point. Okay, Murray. So Artie, Farty Artie, it's his only friend. So he's bummed out. Norris knows it. He's an empathetic person. So he's like, "Do you know who did this?" And then we see me. in the background, this blues. They're they're always ever present. Oh yeah, and they're watching to see what Artie's gonna do. Yeah, and Artie's like, "I saw nothing." He's like Schultz from Hogan's Hero. I saw nothing. I saw nothing. And he's like, Are "You sure about that?" Yes, I am. So. I guess school lets out. When a kid dies, they, they shut the school down. But it wasn't all bad. The kids got lost two hours of school. They can go home. Yeah. Nothing like an early day of school. So Farty already and Deneen. Deneen. Because she's like, she's, she's like basically the bodyguard for Artie because he's such a putz. That she needs a, a, a lesbian chick to There was a, a moment earlier in the movie where she's like, I'm not afraid of you guys. And she's like not trembling at all. She's just looking calm and nonchalant. She's got four brothers. And Artie is like freaking the fuck out. Right. Yeah. She's, she's walking Artie home. <laughs> They pass by the falafel place. Yep. <laughs> and then our buddies, the Splooges, show up in their other car. And it's like, hey, this is where they do some more Daruk talk. Because he goes, hey, farty, hearty, let's talky-walkie. Oh, boy. And even even like Marty's like, ugh, don't, 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 don't try that. It's not working. Yeah. So they're like they chase him down in an alley. Yep, they get him uh, uh, caught in, a, in an alley. And they leave a guard out front. Fallon. Fallon. And so they're they're breaking bottles. They got bottles up to Artie and uh, Deneen's neck, and they're like, "You gotta tell us what were they saying that they they, they blabbed?" They yeah, they think that Artie and that uh, blabbed ratted out them out. Yeah, and um, as the whole scene broke up at the school, Te- or Terry told uh, Norris, "Why don't we go for a ride?" And he's like, "Let me go get my jack." I thought they said, "Why don't we go to the bar?" I thought is where Terry. You're right. Go. Why don't we go to the bar? They're gonna go. <laughs> School gets out at three o'clock. Got out two hours early, so it's one o'clock. We're the greatest investigative journalists, by the way. Uh, so they got out at one o'clock, and they're gonna go to the bar. I think they're going to the strip clubs. That's the best time to be at a strip club. One o'clock in the afternoon, you get oh. the finest ladies. The lunch buffet is so good. <laughs> Joe can confirm. All right. You heard it here. That's One o'clock. Real. What is it? Just open face sandwiches? That's how Ann and Nicole Smith met her husband. 
the old guy <laughs> was working the afternoon, the lunch shift at the strip club. Oh, and it's just bologna sandwiches, and you know. oh, yeah, it's it's beef stroganoff. It's beef stroganoff. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's stroganoff. So <laughs> Norris goes. No, that's strange. There's Fallon. What's he doing there? Let's investigate. Yeah, let's investigate. They run hey, down there. Always remember, Norris. Norris would go on to star in Riptide, so he knows investigations. Yes, that's true. I, it is Riptide. I, I I didn't know if it was Riptide or Simon and Simon. It's like I, another can, I have show. that same problem. <laughs> See, Larry wasn't watching this in Weekend at Bernie, so I have no Apparently, idea. Apparently, I haven't about. seen this movie. I'm sure you have, Joe. Perry King, who plays Norris, he was in a movie called Mandingo, which oh, is a yes. very controversial movie. And Mark, what's his name? Controversial. I forgot. Is that is it like Mark Lester said? This movie is controversial. <laughs> is is it? I would believe this is more controversial because it was a it was a slave movie. So oh, I have a Django type movie. Oh, he that's uh... he boils a slave. I think like so. He was complaining about the violence in this movie, and then Mark Lester shuts him down and goes, "You boiled a man alive in a, like a cold or something." Jesus. It's yeah. Getting I, back I, to the I, movie. Okay. Yeah. You've seen <laughs> it? Oh, I've seen Mandingo, <laughs> and we'll just say it's uh. Well, you know, you're not going to run that. In the th- you know that uh, the line, you can't make movies like that anymore. Yeah. I I can't imagine a theater wanting to run that anymore. You can't even see Song of the South anymore, let alone Mandingo. No, no. So if all famous had been boiled to death, then we'd have a you know, people would want to go see it. I guess Uncle Remus thrown in a pot. So <laughs> he's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? Get that bottle away from his throat." Yeah. And so, what are you going to do, teacher, teacher? We're not in the school anymore. You're on our turf now. And he's like, fucking bring it, motherfucker. You can't wait to kick the shit out of these kids. Yeah. So, Terry is right. He's like holding on to Norris's coattails because Terry's kind of a nerd, you know. He's he's weak. He's not willing to fight a teenager. Norris, on the other hand, he's got a little bit of a, uh, I can't remember the name of uh, the Shining's character, Jack. Uh, Jack Torrance. Jack Torrance. He's got a Jack Torrance streak. That's probably why he's just now back in Massachusetts, which is also oh. where Jack Torrance teached in Massachusetts, and then he had to leave because he beat the shit out of a child. <laughs> this is a prequel to The Shining. <laughs> Investigate him! Oh, wow. the best. Okay. <laughs> See, I just put it all together. Wow. So, he goes for um, Pete because he's not going to back off. Then we got fucking Jello shaking in the corner. He's got a needle hanging out of his arm, and he's got the switchblade, or not the switchblade, straight razor, and he's just like, the hand acting, Murray. The hand acting. <laughs> Amazing on this kid. He's been watching Drago on repeat every night. Are we sure that wasn't Drago? That could have been a young Drago. It might have been a young Drago's. So he fucking goes at it with the knife, and... There's just kind of a scrum. It's hard right. to tell exactly what happens, but they zoom in. Terry gets cut across his hand, apparently pretty deep too. And he stitches. Apparently, Norris gets hit in the head. Yes. I don't know where it. I came don't know where from. it happened either. But in this whole flurry of events, uh, Deneen and Arthur they just they just book it. They run. They bail on the teachers. You die. We're getting the fuck out of here. Arthur's pissing himself. Deneen grabs him, drags him by the collar like a caveman, and just fucking exits. And everybody, after the blood flies, everyone just scatters. All right. They get in the car. They, get, they just go home. Yeah. 
Terry's like, I, 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 I can't, can't go to the fucking strip club with blood on my hand. <laughs> It'll get in the stroganoff. Because those women work for tips and only tips and not bloody dollars, you know? It's... <laughs> That's their one turnoff. The hepatitis C yeah. stroganoff. They That's don't it. want blood on their tips. No. No, they will they will shut you down. That's the first lesson you learn at strip club. No yeah. bloody money. No bloody money in the champagne room. You know, that's the rule. <laughs> so we see Norris. He's He can't sleep. He says, I can't get through these kids. And she's like, honey, just don't worry. You will get to it. Well, what's going on? We hear some noise from down uh, outside. Oh, jeez. It's the fucking splooges. Here's what's interesting about the splooges. They squirt him with uh, international object in a scene, and they wore masks for that. They did it. They're getting bolder. They were driving in a monoxiously noticeable car with the license plate fully visible on a street where he could have easily got the plate and run the numbers and everything. What have we learned, Griff? That the cops' hands are tied. They can't do anything. Any Anyone time. under 18 can do whatever they want. And so now they're coming out to do arsony. Arsony. <laughs> That's not it. Just, well, you, if you put together arson and larceny, I guess you do have arson. <laughs> oh, no, there we go. That's what I was going for. Exactly. Oh, man. Arsony. They're going to do some arsony tonight. No mass. They're whooping. They're hollering. They're fucking. Well, yeah, they're sending a message. Why, why do you need to beat the shit out of a car if you're just going to burn it? They wanted to break the window so they could throw the Molotov cocktail. Creating an airflow. <laughs> yeah. These kids know. They actually listen to Terry in a science class. Well, so they we know learned, all we, about fire. Notice Fallon's weapon of choice is the chain. He should have been called Chains. That would have been a way cooler name than Fallon. Would have. But, but, but Fallon, because I'm not going to call him Chains. He's not hey, cool Hey, Mark Lester's flawed, too. <laughs> he invented bisexuality with this movie. You can't expect him to invent everything. He knocks off the side mirror first. Takes out the window and then Barnyard throws a Molotov. They stand around enjoying their work. They let the teacher know because Norris looks out the window and goes, Hey, I think that's my car. Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, it is, teacher, teacher. Ha ha ha. And they drive away. No cameras. You can get away with anything. Next day, he's, he's trying to get through to these kids. He goes to the police. We, meet, we finally meet the guy who's in charge of uh, the juvenile delinquents. He's like, Look. Nothing. I can, as we learned from our, our, our amazing Death Wish month, cops are useless. Yeah. They can do nothing. You need to take the law into your own hands, and they'll let you. They're just like, look, do our work for us. All we know how to do is kill black men. That's all we know how to do. <laughs> I don't remember what episode, but Simpsons did that joke where Chief Wiggum was like, can't you guys solve your own crimes? Come on. So he's like, look, but I can tell you the shit they're up to. I won't name any, name any names. That I cannot give you. But I will tell you, I will give you the, the MO of all the splooges. And he's just like, look here. Fucking prostitution, Bitcoin mining, rape, murder, using Nintendo cheat codes. All the scummy shit you can think of. These kids are geniuses. I, I, heard, the, I heard the geniuses in our office say they're on the spectrum. They're really up there. It's like I think, nothing like they're smarter than us. I think the cops want to get hired by uh, their little organization when it comes time. 
I, I can't imagine. I would wouldn't. be. I bet they are. I bet they're on the take. You know, but guys. As soon as these kids graduate my school, they're going to need some real police protection. Any, you know, and they're going to have to hire some uh, off-duty cops to help you know keep their businesses going. Look, we're looking at the plots of two different shows slash TV. We're looking at the plot of RoboCop Two, where they use kids <laughs> to sell drugs and work right. with the police to do so. And we're looking at Twin Peaks, which had the same operation of kids selling drugs to kids in high school. And then you had Jack Renault and Leo working on the outskirts. So there, he Mark. I'm Lester thinking about was, a way I could fund my cage fighting thing, making kids sell drugs for me. That's right. You see, what are they into nowadays? They're into the fucking vape pens. You could sell little vape pens, you know. Uh, that's all I know. I don't know what else they're into. Opioids are huge in high school. Just love them. Just get those kids murdered on opioids. That'll be NFTs. Like, so. NFTs. NFT. I thought they were already gone now. I don't know. Are they? You know, are Tom Brady football cards? Those things are selling good. Massachusetts. Yeah. Did they drop in value when he went to Tampa? I don't know. I, I haven't been checking. Uh, oh, that might be one. a good. Someone just sold a Tom Brady rookie card for $3 million. Fucking. What the fuck? The, the things people put value in. I learned recently. Oh, my God. This episode's going forever. <laughs> I learned recently all the Game Boy Advance cartridges I have are going for like $300 plus. That's crazy. It's, it's weird what people put it's value like in. Everybody, I'm assuming, is broke because nobody's working because of COVID, yet everyone has all this money to just throw away I, on this someone shit. Someone was doing a great piece about it. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with this generation? Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> Why are we trying to put such a huge price on, like, nostalgia People are getting away with it. That's why life sucks. That's why you need to listen to Golden Globus Theater. So Norris, it's free. Norris just throws his hands in the air. Okay, I guess I have to take the. He's like, I guess I got to take a lot of my own hands. It's are we about to get a Death Wish movie? It, there's so many other movies in this movie. Are we about to get Death Wish I'm, too? I'm waiting for Norris to go get a twenty dollars in quarters and a, and, a, and a sock and a sock. Yeah, I'm waiting for. But that no, thing. he's got to get back to school. <laughs> and we we see uh the, the security guards like comes up to him hey there's something going on in the the biology lab because that's terry's department Terry goes what's going on he walks in all those fucking animals skinned hanging it's like something out of texas chainsaw massacre it's it's actually it's kind of int- it's like artistic i was i was like wow these kids are showing some initiative they're doing some avant-garde like shit here but terry doesn't see it that way no, Terry, Terry, doesn't, Terry doesn't get survival research lab, uh, you know, artwork, which is sad. Yeah. But the bunny Same does look good on a spit. Was that the bunny on the spit or was that a guinea pig? Yes. I, I think that uh, was the rabbit. Yeah, it was and like was a cat of, hanging by a nose. Yeah, it was like an episode of I don't Chalk think the cat almost. was killed. I think the cat committed suicide. I don't think, I think that was like a separate thing. And, there, and they shouldn't be blaming Stegs for that. Got too but much. yeah, these were real. This is another Mark Lester tidbit. These are real animals. He didn't know that. He said they went to the, I kid you not, they went to the animal morgue to find the body. He actually said there's like a place called the animal morgue. And they got, apparently, when animals are murdered, they, they get forensics. I don't know. That's where they got them. These are real animals. He said the room stank like you think it would stank. Very good motivation for, uh, Brady McDowell. Yeah, get on the first take. 
One, the only scene he got on the first take. Is Principles, whatever. He's like, this is this common vandalism. It's no big deal. He's uh, just thinking about Lake Havasoma. What is it? <laughs> what, what's the Jim Cornette line? Havasoma? Havasoma. He's on Lake Havasoma. He does not. Get, he has seen worse. He's like, oh, just butchered animals like, hanging. Is anybody disparaging OJ? I don't see that. <laughs> so he just like doesn't care. Norris is livid. So he goes, he knows it's fucking stags. So he grabs. Where are they at? They're in their office, the bathroom. Once again, Patsy's like, I'm not going in there. Runs back, grabs him by the collar, that one shirt he has. He, he's a rich kid. He only has that one shirt with that yeah. little shoulder. Like, is it like. He's got two. He's got two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, two shirts. Because fucking Barnyard has more fucking yeah. outfits than yeah. the rich kid. <laughs> Help well, us out, just, Joe. They just invented punk rock in this movie. You know, he only <laughs> had so much of a true. wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, true. just like us, he's all up front, and then he fizzles out in the the second half. Stegman is the most punk of all because he's got frosted tips, so yeah. he's like super punk. Around. He's got like Karate Kid villain level <laughs> like punchable face. I Stegman killing it. Tristan, take notes. Guy who did the that movie that I can't remember run, the name of. You fucking suck. <laughs> I was going for the other movie he oh. did, but yeah, Run Hide Fight director. You garbage. This movie's got it. Speaking of garbage, Norris grabs him, he pins him against the pillar in the very spacious bathroom. Very spacious. And he's like, I know you fucking did it! He's like, I didn't do nothing. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking kill you! I dare you. Go ahead. Plant it on me! You still believe in this thin (laughs) veil that keeps everything together? You think gravity exists? I gotta tell you, brother, the Earth is flat. Wow. Yeah. He's a flat earther. And that has Norris beside himself. He's taking two steps back. He's like, I thought I almost reached this kid. And not only has he not reached him... Little fucking Pete Stegman walks over to the bathroom mirror and says, you'll see this one in about 10 years. He goes into the Black Lodge, comes back out, (laughs) smashes his face in the mirror, turns to Norris and says, how's Annie? Fucking blowing my mind. David Lynch showed up on set to do this. I don't even know they were setting this up for Twin Peaks. David Lynch did this scene. I heard that. This is Bob. Pete Stegman is Bob. This is amazing. Oh my God. Now Twin wow. Peaks makes sense. It's been running for years. 40 years of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Joe is fucking like, you know, he's just like it's, stupefied. It's, it's, even, though I, even though I know a bit about how Twin Peaks was going weird towards the second season. Wow. Yeah. Because I was thinking Fight Club. <laughs> There is a, there is some like allusions to Fight Club as well. I'll give you that. You know the scene where Ed Norton just beats himself up in the office in front of the guy, yeah, you know, yeah. so he can get all the get paid off and you know get his cushy I don't have to work job anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh but yeah. Now, yeah, you're right. The how's Annie part? I wonder if Lynch lifted that. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. He beats the shit out of himself when when Norris isn't looking. He rubs some of his blood on the knuckles of Norris. Yeah. And that's when the security guard finally shows up. Oh, so conveniently. Officer Barbrady shows up. What's going on here? Some AEW booking. Bad angle. Lazy booking. And he's like, he attacked me, man. He's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I gotta go to the principal office for that. 
So we were not able to take Norris's word at any point in this movie when he was bringing them angel dust and everything. But as soon as sweet little Pete Stegman comes in, he said he was going to punch me. And he said I had to show him my bum under the bridge in the morning. He was going to warm up my butthole. That's what he said. I don't know what it means. Of course, Principal believes him. It's like nowadays. Principal just believes the kid, doesn't believe the teacher. I don't know what to tell you, Norris. I love this kid. Look at him. He's the perfect specimen. Crocodile tears and everything. I love him. I don't let him walk. Walk, they do. And well, he's like, well, I'll, I'm going to suspend Stegman because it's not, and the, 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 the uh, security guard's like, well, there was, there's bl- blood on his knuckles. Blood on his knuckles. Knuckles aren't like swollen or anything. No, 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 no other signs. But there's blood on his knuckles. And I, I mean, tasted it. It's Stegman's blood. I, I mean, I, I, okay. I don't know about this, Joe. You've been watching crime shows for, you know, the decades here. Were they this lazy about doing detective work back in the day? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, you know. Quite, okay. You know, I mean, he's a teacher. Of course he's guilty. They're always guilty. They always want to beat somebody up in school. And this guy went over the edge and he did it, you know, and forgot to wash his hands off. So he gets it. Yeah. No. Well, I'm just going to. with Lincoln, Lincoln High School CSI once again solves the crime. That's all I'm saying. Oh. I mean, their closed case rate is 100% because they just convict every teacher, right? Pretty much. They're all, they're all, they can always replace the teachers. The students, they legally have to be there. That's a good point. So we finally find out. We get a little backstory. What makes Pete tick? Why is he the way he is? Nature? Nurture? Yeah. Maybe both. Again, this is another parallel. I don't know if Mark brought it up to Clockwork Orange. We got to see Alex's parents, too. Right. So he's at home. He's just smug, laying out, watching a Mark Lester movie. It actually was a Mark Lester movie he was watching. It, that was a little meta thing was. that Mark Lester was doing. Yeah, I know. But that's Bobby Joe and the Outlaw that he's watching, which I don't know why it's on afternoon TV. But that's got Marjo oh. Gortner and Linda Carter, and you get to see Wonder Woman to- topless. Sounds like a future episode of uh, Golden Globes Theater. T- t- tippy tap. We're going to see the Golden Globes, the Golden Globes of Wonder Woman. Linda Carter. It's, yeah. It's Oh, no. It's 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 a full episode. It's not tippy tap because it's got Marjo Gortner <laughs> and a gun, you know, and uh, Linda Carter. And uh, she's doing Her uh, guns. skinny dipping and high, you know, so you can't beat that for a movie. So he's just—he's making a meta statement. Maybe Mark Lester's movies caused Young Stegman to be this way. See, like he's thinking. Oh, layer. And we see there's a very sick, borderline incestuous relationship going on with his mom. She's like, "How do I look, baby? You look hot, mom." Don't say that to your mom. Can has never looked better. They're gonna love you under the bridge this morning. Let me grab them cakes. He fucking pats his mom on the ass. Oh my god, junkyard dog will not know what to do with those cakes. And she, and then they get a ding dong. It's fucking Norris. He wants to explain himself. He wants to. Like, he's worried about this kid. He doesn't want to go to jail. He wants her to drop charges. How do I reach these kids? Maybe he could go through the mom, and maybe go run, run, run in her. I was trying to make a sexual reference, and it failed. Mm-hmm. As usual. 
So she's like, who the fuck? What, what do you want? You're the one who brutalized my child. Once again, taking this is why we have problems in school today, Griff, because you take the fucking kids' side instead of the teacher's side. Yeah, and just like Death Wish 5, he did his face up just like poor Paul Kersey's girlfriend when she got her face ma- smashed in. Was that Death Wish 4? No, it's 5. And he he's just got... All these tiny little scratches on his face. He's like, I'm going to have to get constructive surgery, plastic surgery. It doesn't even exist right now, but I'm going to have to get it because my face is so horribly disfigured. My beautiful face. And the mom's like, see, you're, I'm going to have to get plastic surgery for my kid. I'm going to have to get him therapy. I'm not listening to what you guys say. Walk! Your kid needs therapy. No! Not tomorrow. Tells him to walk. That's it. That's all it's going to take. And then little stags with microwave-like timing. He knows exactly when Norris is going to walk by the intercom. Does this kid realize he has a spot in the Navy SEALs if he just straightens up a little bit? Because you're right. His microwave timing here is impeccable. It's amazing. Right, because just as, as Norris is walking right by the little vestibule, the entranceway to the apartment complex. Mom, go take a shit. I'm going to make sure he left the building. Like, how does mom not overhear this? But anyways, yes, please. Hey, teacher, teacher. Because he whispers. It's like, there's nothing you can do, man. This is the, I'm the future, man. And it just enrages Norris. So he's like, so he's walking out to the parking garage, the faculty parking garage. He sees that beautiful cherry red convertible. And he's just like, oh, I know what I'm going to fucking do. Grabs a fucking fire extinguisher, bashes the side window in, hot wires a car. That's, nobody comes out. He's smashing the car repeatedly into no. fucking walls. And this is in a garage structure. The noise. <laughs> It'd almost be that of like a van thing or a lunchroom. And you'd think like a whole building would hear it, but no, no one no. hears it. And then he just walks away he smears his fingerprints all over everything but remember like like joe pointed out the cops couldn't do fuck all back then uh, yeah no, nothing they, i don't think we had fingerprints back then i really we don't oh, that's true we did the, not we we have evolution in the last 20 years we got fingerprints just over the last 20 years <laughs> yeah for the most part the police i think he was just saying fingerprinting but you might be right oh okay you might not even fingerprints I don't even think still out if we even have fingerprints. I, I don't even think at that point the police, uh, you know, could ask the question, "Did you do this?" You know, they weren't allowed oh. to at that point. Yeah, it was a, or, their hands were tied. Hands were tied. Unless you committed a crime in front of a cop, there was no crime committed. Yeah. Oh, right. Just like you cannot be a racist in modern times unless you murder somebody of a different color and say a racial slur while you're doing it on video with witnesses. And possibly wearing some kind of other, like a shirt that says, I hated this person, I killed him because of this, his skin color. That's the only way you can be a racist today. That's it. Pretty much back then, the only way that you could be convicted of a crime is if uh, you weren't rich. I mean, that was the police motto on the car. Our hands are tied. Our hands are tied. Our hands are tied. You figure it out. (laughs) You figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the license plate. I'm not it's one always of the a bad point. That's it. Not, not one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, I like it because the scene, the the scene cut is when he locks the door. He turns around to lock the door yeah, of the smash car. Over everything. That was beautiful, though. But next day, 
after band class. It was not the next day. It was the same day. He's wearing the same outfit. He does this, goes to school, which is dismissed. I'm just going by your notes. So I, oh, no. Yeah, okay. I agree. I believe you. And he's, he's still got that, he's almost, that smug sense of superiority. He's like, I got that kid. He's talking with Artie. Artie's like, man, it's like you're teaching me another language with music. It's amazing. He's like, Artie's just opening up. Cop shows up. Uh, Chief Wiggums. Oh, no. Okay, you skipped over the last line. I was like, wait a minute. We're skipping a part. Because literally, after he does that crime, he goes to the school. He waits. School's not even in. The janitors are just walking around. A security guard notices uh, Pete come in all pissed off. He's like, I know you did it. And the security guard's like, uh, do you need me to get rid of this kid? And he is just sitting, <laughs> like, Norris is sitting with his hands behind his back. He's just like, did what? Did you see me do it? Do you have 4K uh, camera footage of it? Do you have, like, I don't even know how you would get it, like, s- some kind of distinctive thing that only I- it could be traced back to me on your car smeared everywhere? I piss in there? Maybe. And could then, you check that? No. Stegman's like, oh, yeah. he got me. He he throws it desk. He's like, I'll get you. <laughs> and then we go the next day. So right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I had to throw it in there because that scene was like infuriating. He runs back to the school. Stegman fought. Oh, I love it. Anyway. I, and that was the one time the security guard had his shit together. Yeah, the one time the security guard shows up on time. And it's actually like the muscles. Like, get out of here. All right. So next day, like I said, and out of band class, he's talking with Artie. Artie's just like, you've opened my eyes to like music and all this Please shit. Please tell me more about microtonal tones. What's up, Professor Barbrady? Professor Barbrady. Officer Barbrady. And he's like, hey, do you know anything about a car or anything? And they're talking. Oh, no, what he says is, your trial for yeah. assaulting that kid is coming up. It also happens to coincide with a big concert. Yeah. And. <laughs> And uh, apparently he knows about it. The cop cares about this concert so much. He's like, we could change it if you need to. And like uh, uh, Michael Fox is going, oh, man, we've been, work- we've been working so hard for this. Meanwhile, we have these three, a police officer, Norris and Arthur, talking amongst themselves. And we see in the background... And Stegman, he's also doing some great Billy Drago work because he rings himself around like a structure pole, and then he's like fondling it as if he can hear or read well, lips or he something. he is five feet away. I mean, they're not that far away. They really aren't, no. And, they are looking through a glass door, but it is open. But they're far enough that they can't really tell what they're saying. Assuming. You never trust Farty Artie because he's Farty Artie. He's Farty Artie, for fuck's sake. And they're like... He's ratting us out. He's going to fucking rat us out, man. We got to do something about Farty Artie. I mean, they were suspicious of him before. Now they're super suspicious. Um, why aren't you suspicious of a kid who has a Dorothy Hamill haircut? Come on. He's, he's, on, he's, he's willing to rat you out in a heartbeat. But we pointed out that the Splooges have gotten away with literally murder. Yeah. Everything. And yeah. you're like, no, this is too heavy. We need to get a Patsy for this. No, no pun intended, Patsy. Not you. We need a real Patsy. <laughs> Vinny, remember that greasy wop from earlier? Get him over here. So they're at the cafeteria at lunchtime. And they're like, hey, uh, if you want to be part of the Spalooges, you're probably not cool enough to do this, but how about you uh, you, you kill Farty Artie? Man, did this, uh, did this lunchroom bring back any nostalgia, bad memories of the cafeteria, Joe? The 
Well, luckily our school, no, because you had to bring your own lunch. But you know, and they you guys didn't on... do hot lunches. No, no, I was a Catholic. It was a small Catholic school, but it brought back junior high nightmarish memories. Yeah, especially soup. When I discovered soup was made of anything in the last two weeks that was sitting on the shelf. They made they made a vegetable soup with lasagna noodles, and that's why I knew something's <laughs> wrong here. Very frugal. I like that at a young age you started noting the patterns. You see, this is why he's such a good field reporter for us. Because yeah. he's been noticing patterns since he was uh, in junior high. It takes that's people it. years to develop that kind of astute uh, observational skills. But, you know, we find them. But, yeah, no, this 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 place is just, uh, you know... Poor, poor Arthur, because you know he's going to get it. He's going to get it because he, he probably ordered, he didn't get the non-fat milk. He didn't get any non-fat milk, and that's why he got stabbed. Uh, oh, man, he's got, yeah. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves because they do reveal oh. that it's a very elaborate knife. Oh. I like the knife. was cool looking. It, it had, like, engravings on it. If you're going to get killed, you want to get killed by this knife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want some, like, steak knife. Uh, I mean, I guess so. So they're like, Vin, if you want to be one of the splooges, and you get the splooge on Patsy. Oh, Patsy's always willing to give a ride to the 14-year-olds. She's underage, too, so it's just weird. And he's like, whoa, that sounds great. Hand me that knife. He turns into the the voice-cracking teenager from The Simpsons. (laughs) I was thinking more of, uh, I don't even remember the show, but there was a guy that went, whoa. Oh, no, Joey Lawrence. There you go. Of course, true, Joe knows true, it, man. True story, true story. My brother had to house sit for a place next to where Joey Lawrence lived. And I was like, so did you sit there and uh, just go, whoa, at random times while you're outside, just see if you'll look over and go, quit doing me, quit doing me. But he did. Do it. <laughs> I love how many adjacent to like celebrity stories you have. You're like, my brother. <laughs> It's amazing. You're always right next door or friends with someone next door. That's that's that that's amazing. It's it's the mouse that saw, saw the Constitution getting signed. Character, you know, right? So Barner's like, I'll create a diversion. I have my swastika shirt on today. I'm gonna attack a black guy. So that's what he does, which creates a diversion. And he does yell white power while he's doing it, which we know, as I just stated, is a racist crime with a racist motive. And he said the racist word. He did not say white power. He just gave the okay sign. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. We're going to Fox News for this one. They'll definitely sell it straight. He was just expressing his First Amendment. So good old Vin, he makes a beeline. He takes a sip of that non-fat milk, spits it out. Stabs our boy. How? Yeah, he's just like I'm a grown man now. I'm gonna have sex with a girl. <laughs> Stabs Artie in the why, gut. Wait, why is he a grown man but he's having sex with a girl? When did he have sex with a woman now? He's confused. He, he is very he's, confused. He doesn't even know what gender he is yet. Come on, Griff. See, look how we're building up to this kill. Though, did we build up to any kill and run hide fight? <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> okay. We. We did have a schizophrenic so white power uh, Nazi in that movie, we though. did. He stabs Artie in the gut. Gut shot. Artie crumbles to the ground. Yeah. Let's out a fart, because he's farty already. So they take him to the ER. All right. I don't know a lot about anatomy, but I do know your kidneys are on your back. Side and when you get stabbed in your stomach, you don't rupture a kidney. Uh, Joe, can you help us out with the, the anatomy? Do you know anything about this? 
I think it was just it was supposed to be that long of a knife, and Michael J. Fox was probably kind of you know punchy. So you know the knife, even though the blade was this big, I think he's you know his stomach gave in a lot more than you thought. You know it's kind of you know mushy, and it went oh. into his kidney. That's okay. but that's for me. I'm not part of CSI Lincoln High, so you know. Right, right. They, you just you just saw you didn't get all the footage. You just have the footage we see in the movie here. So when you slowed it, went frame by frame, uh, enhanced it a little bit, you saw his gut pull in, and that's why you think the knife was able to reach up to the kidney. I think that's that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's my that's my uh, you know my my initial inquiry but you know what i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to go to michael j fox's house with a knife just to see if you know he can take it like that or not i mean if you explain to michael j fox we're doing this for science we watched your movie recently we just need to know if, can i stab you we just need to know if your kidneys are really low and up front for some reason i think you'd go along with it you probably would probably had you know? this... just want to say he's that nice a guy i want to yeah. thank joe for his two percent there He's he's giving it. He's, a, he gives it all. That's a milk joke. It yeah, is. We got yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> all he had to say was lacerated liver. That's all he had to say. That makes sense. I don't know. Next day, boy Terry, deep into this twentieth beer, having a picnic with the wives. Oh, I'm sorry, Murray. He's not drinking beer. He's drinking straight Jack Daniels. Wow. He's chasing it with a beer. He's that's Jack Torrance's favorite drink. This is another nod. The Shining breaks down. He's like, I can't get through to these kids. This is all I want to do my whole life is make a kid into guinea pigs for some reason. I just I wanted to teach them. Weren't I thought the idea was that they were dissecting the animals, but it's like he's had the animals for years and it's distraught that they killed his animals because those were his only friends. He probably yeah. did dissect them at first. And now he just, he's like, these are my only people that listen to me. My biology biology class, we we had, we raised rats for, you know, hereditary breeding purposes to see what different colors you could get and stuff. But then you order Carolina Biological Supply, the rat that you would have to dissect or the frog. So there there are two different rats. It's a real mind fuck. Yeah, that is brutal. It's like people that uh, you like at a farm. You you have a kid raise the prize winning pig. We're gonna eat this pig too. One, you know, after you win the blue ribbon, right? Yeah, no, it was it was kind of messed up. But also, I'd like to point out in this scene, there's a feeling between uh, Norris and Terry that there's something going on in the down low between these two because they're pretty emotionally bonding at this moment. And their wives are off in the background, like. Our husbands are pretty great. Guys, Spartan squad, anybody? Did we know they're back? Were they in Vietnam? I don't know. Is that what Joe's suggesting? Joe? I don't know on that part. Okay. Could be. be. I'm just saying, because we were discussing, you know, the man invented bisexuality. And I think we had some going on here, too. He invented, and he invented Spartan Squad. So exactly. I'm say, this is the birth of the Spartan Squad. Shit. What Roddy are... was like the original uh, leader of it. Leader? Yeah. He was that high? Yes. Shit. That's the thing. These kids broke him down so much. He's a shell of a man. He used to be like fucking Matrix. That's insanity. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I bet before he turned in, you know, he said, I'm going to turn a new leaf here. I bet he impregnated his wife. And he was like, this way, my son will be the next leader of the Spartan squad. 
And he decided to calm down and be a teacher. Okay. Yeah. yeah it flies. Sense. Yeah. It, it, it rolls. So the next day at school, Norris is doing his normal thing, and a security guy goes, you might want to check this out. Yeah, I he, don't know, he's like, conducting the orchestra. Something's going on. Like, I don't want to do my job. Can you do it for me? Please. Uh, I This is, uh, as you'll notice on my badge here, out of my hands. Why don't you do it? Why don't you take care of it for me? This also supports my Spartan, Spartan Squad uh, idea because he knows how to handle a gun. Because we see Terry has the kids at gunpoint. Okay, I... Uh... Seeing this as a good argument for why teachers should have guns in schools, because he is conducting the class, he has put down the wooden stick with the rubber pointer at the end, and he is quizzing the kids on you know trivia that they should have learned that day. This is Terry, and he's pointing the gun instead, and suddenly their brains are efficient, like functioning at a hundred percent. They just needed some inspiration, exactly, some motivation. He was asking them super difficult philosophical questions, and they were just like, blam. He actually asked Stegman, is the earth round? And Stegman said, yes. That's right. That's how great he was getting through to these. He's finally getting, this is how you get through to kids, Griff. Put a gun in their head. I, I know. He put, he put it to the one guy's head and said, what's the 40th digit of pi? Kid just <laughs> rattle it off. Perfect English. He couldn't even speak English earlier in the movie. Perfect English. Wait, numbers? <laughs> uh, Perfect English. Well, he got still yeah. Now, you know, Pat, you know what a, I'm thinking? A... Pat Sajak needs to pull out a gun and put it on the people on Wheel of Fortune, too. Oh, you know, I'm not a big Wheel fan, but that would make Wheel of Fortune more interesting. You know, you, you, you put, you know, when they do the crossword puzzle one where you're supposed to give four answers, oh, that's make the sure word. you don't say the word and. He could just yes. shoot the person when they say and right then and there. You know, I'm okay with that. Now, speaking of punishment in schools, Murray, of course, got punished for uh, saying he didn't give a shit about the challenger and he <laughs> hoped those people rot in hell. Yeah. That's how the teacher <laughs> took it. <laughs> Joe, did you have a horrible experience with your nuns? Uh, you know, um, Pretty much no, because they were no, you don't fuck with nuns, man. You know, because they they wear a wedding ring because they're married to Christ. And your first thought is, shit, she's gonna talk to her husband when she gets home, and I am fucked. I am fucked if I do something wrong here. So uh, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I I I was very nice to the nuns. I was very nice to the okay. nuns. Okay. Now I've had I, I've had, if... uh, and in college, on the other hand, I once showed up late. I had. I remember I showed up one time in college. I was sick, and they had given me codeine cough syrup. And I remember the teacher asking me if I was drunk, and I said, no, I'm stoned to the gills, and I have a prescription. So, uh, you know, I did that. <laughs> that was the craziest you got? That was uh, pretty yeah. much. Although when I when I worked at the North Carolina School of the Arts, I did get into argue, yelling arguments with professors. But that was because I was on faculty at that point. <laughs> yeah, because you're old enough when they, corporal punishment was still allowed in schools. I'm old enough to do that. I remember oh, yeah. teachers could hit you. Yeah. I, I got hit for a fight once. I got hit fucking forgetting to write my name on a paper. That's going overboard. Yeah. And, and then I got hit guilty by association. I was just at a table with other kids who I didn't even fucking like, 
and they were acting up in class, whole table got whole table got him. Yeah. It's Jeez. the under siege uh, motivation, though. I'm going to shoot you and the guy next to you because then now you're like, don't you fuck I around would, again. I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say this much. Never forgot to write my name on a paper again, so I guess it worked. I was just going to ask. I See, I this the whole nun story checks out. I Years ago, I dated a girl who went to a Catholic high school. She's like, you don't fuck with nuns. They're scary as shit. They were. So, yeah, there we go. All right. But you, scary you went shit. to a really harsh graduate school when they had that policy of smacking you for not putting your name on a paper. Uh. Yeah. So, speaking of some fucking don't fuck with him, you don't fuck with Corrigan because he's got a gun in your fucking face. Yeah. And there was some, some wonky editing with the girl, with Patsy because I noticed when you see Patsy shot, his hand was on her shoulder. When you see Corrigan shot, he was Cup in the back of her face, head. Yeah. Oh, the back of her, her head. head. Okay. I don't know. That bothered me. Mark, fix that. Fix it. But fix he goes around the whole class, and they're all getting their questions right. Every single last one of them. doesn't even matter if it pertains to science. And he finally gets back around to Pete. He's gotten him to admit that the Earth is, in fact, round. He's like, I was just doing it to sell fucking flat globes. Glo- flat Earth those models. Are called maps. Yeah, <laughs> flat Earth models. I showed you those models, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. those are spectacular. It blew my mind. So <laughs> now I'm a believer. <laughs> so he goes back over to Pete because now that Norris is in the room with Pete, he's like, Pete, no, or Pete, Norris, no, Andy, I gotta show you this. This is true. What I'm doing here, I'm getting through to these kids. And he puts the gun to Pete's head because he knows Norris and Pete have a thing. And he says, Pete, little Pete, little Bo Pete, what's an amphibian? Just tell us all what an amphibian is. He gets choked on the spit in his throat. He's trying to clear his throat to say what an amphibian is. I think Pete was about to tell him. He can't get the words out. So fiery in his just mental state pulls the thing back i don't know my gun parts exactly you don't know either he stops hammer is it the, the hammer the, the hammer, hammer. There he we stops go. <laughs> he stops our boy gorgon a, a gunshot goes off but it goes off in the ceiling yeah he just kill somebody on the upper floor yeah but they're they're an extra it doesn't matter <laughs> spanish. and spanish lab <laughs> the hot spanish teacher so, uh, so Corgan's like, I'm going home. Fuck this shit. And like the, the security card's <laughs> like, well, nobody got killed. So let go. Okay. I do appreciate that. Like in this world that everything gets by, like the, even the teacher is just like, I'm going to go home. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. You need to cool off, mister. Go home. We didn't catch it on video. So what do we do? Principal gives him a beer. He's just like this mellow out, bro. Yeah, you know. Take your bottle of Jack and go home. Later that night, though, Gary's out for a kill. He's ready to. Fu- That's a Steven Seagal movie, by the way. He's like, I gotta fucking kill this kid. He's my nemesis. Maybe he f- going back to sp- this close relationship he has in North. Maybe he's jealous of the the sexual tension that Stegman and Norris are having. You think that's sexual tension? There's something going on there. All right. They're en- they're enjoying it. Part of them, they're enjoying it. All right. Somebody's got a yeah. graduate level paper about that. You know that. <laughs> so, I hope it makes your second novel. 
So, <laughs> so Corgan's like he's he needs a, he needs a falafel to soak up all that booze in his stomach. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to do it. Right, you got the chickpea, you got the parsley, you got the spices. That's perfect. While he's going to Mister Falafel, he sees because this is right next to the punk rock club where they have their criminal empire. Of course, it is, which is of course next to the three different churches. I want to point out something. Midnight services. Stegman is wearing Schwarzenegger's punk rock jacket. From fucking Terminator, the first one. Yeah. It's the exact fucking jacket. I don't know if that was like some like uh like factory thing. Like you yeah, could buy your own shell punk rock or jacket. Off the rack. Yeah, it was like blew my mind. And so he he tries to hit Stegman, crashes the car. Stegman and the crew are like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Stegman jumps on the hood. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Corgan ain't having it. He's lost his fucking mind. So he just starts driving off with Stegman on the hood, crashing into cars. Roddy McDowell actually did his own stunt driving for this scene. Really? Yes. Interesting. Crashes the car. Stegman rolls off. Yeah. This scene is going all over the place. It's slow. It's kind of sloppy. A lot of emotions happening here. Roddy McDowell doing a good job. That was Roddy, right? Right. He's doing a great job. Roddy, Roddy McDowell. Roddy, Roddy McDowell. He's doing a great job. I really like what he's doing here. But it's just like the car stopping, then backing up, then running into something else. It was it's kind of... Like, it was like real-life bumper car. Exactly. It was... It felt very real he and also very... It was an emotional bumper car at this time. Murray... This is just beautiful. Why do we need? Okay, guys. Uh, in the next year, the Merman Productions <laughs> book of poetry will be out. Um, I, well, we already do. Dude, I I I know we already have half it filled out. That's why I was like, we should do two years. And I was like, we can do it in a year because we already have it half filled. So, um, yeah. And then some goober drives his car in the middle of the road and stops it. And this goober happens to be driving the Ford uh, Vramp, V R A M P. If you just remove that V, it's Ford ramp because he hits the car and he just shoots up into the air and flips over like a tech deck. And as usual, your car explodes. It flips over. Flips over. So Corrigan, this is a, a crispy Corrigan now. He just fries up. He's dead. Next day, the funeral. <laughs> just jump at the funerals, man. <laughs> We got uh, Norris and his wife. They just got out of the funeral. Yeah, they don't even go to the funeral. We go to the post-funeral. We skip right. it. Yeah, they go out. They go to, they're taking a nice walk along the beach. And he's just like, she's just like, look. Oh, I've- you know what? That should have been my giveaway. They're not in Nebraska. There's water. Right. And the wife is just like, I'm leaving. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he's like, don't leave before the concert. It's tonight. Please just stay for the concert. Oh, really? Yes. He, I, I, he is the reason what the horrible shit that happens to his wife is because of Norris. He's to blame. Oh, 100%. Because he yeah. makes her stay for his fucking concert. He, he doesn't even Do say, stay at a hotel. We can stay at a hotel or somewhere safe. No, let's just stay here where the suicide, where we already know these kids know where I live. Yeah. I think he's got his stand, stand your own grind, ground kind of men's mindset going on right. Wow, I'm getting all the words wrong. He's got a stand your own ground kind of mindset right now. So he's like probably at home on the por- front porch with the gun, waiting there, hiding in the dark, waiting to shoot some children. I think that's what's no, happening. No, 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 because he still wants to do the right thing because he goes to the hospital to talk to Artie first. 
Okay. He wants Artie to go to the police. Because Artie's like, I ain't saying shit. I got a ruptured kidney here, motherfucker. I'm pissing blood. And he's like, come on. Tell me. You can do this. Yeah. I believe in the law. And he's like, okay, like you're my mentor. We're an hour, ten minutes into this movie. Everything has told us the cops will not be able to do anything with his confession. The cops tell us we cannot do anything, and we will not do sir, anything. Our hands are tied. Have you not read our... Yeah, our hands are tied. Sir, please take this elsewhere. Do it yourself. But this is the one last stand. He He's like, I believe in the police one last time. I believe in the legal system. Can you tell me? And he, and he, he cracks because he, he, this is his mentor. So he's like, yes. It was Vinny. Vinny stabbed me. Vinny, Vinny Barbarino stabbed me. Vinny Barbarino. Next day. Everything's <laughs> next day. They get arrested. It works. Even though he ratted out Vinny Barbarino, the Spalooges get arrested. They do. And and uh, if Nora shows up, I don't know. Testify. I don't know what the fuck he's there for. I was so confused by this scene because it happens in such a flurry. Like, we're just rushing through the back half of the movie here. So he learns Vinny did it. Somehow the splooges go into prison or go into uh, the police office. And Norris shows up there just as the splooges are leaving. Right. So what the fuck happened there? What day are we? What time is it? I don't know. What century? And they have a moment where they, like, look each other in the eye, and then Norris runs in to talk to that police uh, captain or officer. He runs in, barrels through the office. The cops are like, sir, you can't. My hands are tied. I can't do anything. They don't stop him. Norris knows the code, so he holds up his uh, wrists interlocked. Hands are tied. That's the symbol. (laughs) And so all the cops, they... It's like a sitcom. They all laugh and sit back down. Hands are tied by that thin blue line. There you go. And he bursts in the office of, you know, Officer Bar Brady, and he's like, the fuck? We got testimony. Guy knows who stabbed him. Didn't you realize these are kids? We can't hold them more than an hour. Our hands are tied. I, I, forgot, I, I forgot his name. I was going to say Adam. What's his name? <laughs> Andy. 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 <laughs> But he's just so disillusioned, even though he's been told he can't do anything 12 times in this movie. Now he's finally disillusioned. Now he's given up. I, I don't know. And he's just he's in a daze. He goes back to school. Because <laughs> apparently you can, he can go to he, Kids can go to school whenever they want. He can go to school whenever he wants. <laughs> Is this, was this your senior year, Joe? Did you just show up to school whenever you wanted? Hey, I'm here. Joe's here. <laughs> it was a come-as-you-go school. You know, it was school without walls. And you just, you know, you just wandered around and, you know, eventually went home when you thought you got enough education for the day. <laughs> there you go. You didn't have, like, the E through A, you know, grade structure. You got, like, a smiley face sticker if they liked you or whatever. Yeah. Joe was it, like, yeah. I went to school life. There. The nuns, the nuns would look at you, and they could see into your soul and go, "You, you've earned this. Yes, you have." Or oh, shit. you're gonna burn in hell. So we're, get away, get off our campus now. That, that, yeah. that's, it's the advantage. Uh, of he, 
it's, once again, the table is this is a nonstop cat and mouse game between Nor. That's why I said there's sexual tension here, Greg, because they're they're always getting one over on each other. They are, yeah. So Pete's got to twist the knife a little, and he's like, "You gotta learn. Life is pain. It is everything. You, you will learn. You could scalpel that little line." Feed it into any any other Mark Lester movie, and it would fit. That's a beautiful line. I like what he did there with that one. I think it should be a prom theme. A prom? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> a prom theme? That should be the prom How theme. Is that a prom? <laughs> you got to help us with this one. What are the colors of that for a prom? Black and blue. What the fuck? Black and, Black blue. and blue. That's it. Black and blue. There you go. You know, forget forget what Saturday it? in the park or, you know, we will always be together. Life is pain. Pain is everything. You will learn. I love that. I could see that on a cake. Isn't that what the nuns told you at school? <laughs> I think that's what they had tattooed on their rulers, you know. That was a, their fist. You'll learn. You'll learn. I like it. The one good thing, though, about the cops not having their hands tied, he gets out of the trial for beating up uh, the Stagman. So he can go. He can make it to the concert. Yes. Yes, oh. this is true. It is working both ways. <laughs> so he's just like. He's... Hold on. One more question. At our prom that we're doing here now, Joe, I need you because this was your graduating year. What song are we going with for the last dance? Uh, That's the I... big one. Joy Division's level terrace apart. There we go. There you go. I was thinking, that fits into Spartan Squad too. I was thinking Nookie yeah. by that biscuit. That's but, not out in '84. Come on. Okay. No. Well, you're right. Van you're Halen. Right. Van Halen. Diver down. Anything off Diver down. There we go. He's all somehow he's finding some now he's. They, they're, they're they're not even they're not a good band, Griff. They're terrific. Oh man, that speech was wonderful. He's got the kids. He's like, guys, I don't know. And he's got the facials. He's looking down at his feet. The kids think they're about to get reamed out. Guys, that wasn't good. That was fucking terrific. Pikowski's gonna be rolling in his grave knowing that a better Pikowski. orchestra exists. And Beethoven. <laughs> Beetlepatch. <laughs> so yeah, and uh she's on cloud fucking nine, even though his best friend had just burned alive in a fucking car wreck. His wife was teasing him before he left. I'm gonna put on that very seductive dress that you like. The one that goes all the are way past talking, my knee. Are you talking about the little orphan Annie cosplay dress she has? <laughs> the one that goes all the way below my knees. Amish women think yeah, we- that thing is modest. <laughs> oh my god! It was she was little orphan Annie cosplaying. It was little orphan Annie's dress. Yeah, how many weeks pregnant is she? She's like not showing at all. She's zero. Well, weeks we don't pregnant. know how many days this movie is taking. It's like a week, basically. This is like nine weeks at this point. So she's in home getting her little orphan Annie look, look right. She got the curly wig she's gonna put on. Yeah. Before we go back home, like uh, we got. Norris taking a look into the crowd like my wife said she was going to be here three hours early to hear rehearsal. Where is she? How do I reach my wife? <laughs> well, I know somebody's going to reach her. I've always stagnant because the gang shows up. They just open a window. They crawl in. Kitchen window. Joe, is this real? Do you guys never have locks for windows? <laughs> didn't invent those yet. They didn't invent those. Those, were, th- those happened around the same time as the internet in 1991. Right. Did you know that 
for a while, the Lions' offensive coordinator, he one of his big offensive uh, offenses, beside having an offensive offense, was that he crawled into a woman's window and slept. Or was that uh, Patricia who did that? I think it was Patricia. It might have been Patricia. Our former uh, head coach crawled into a woman's window and slept in bed, and the person woke up and was like, get the fuck out. And he was like, oh, no, it was no big deal. I just crawled in her window and slept in her bed. It's no big deal. That yeah, happened. When I, when, when I was at NC State, the star rookie quarterback the year I came in, uh, he got busted really early on when he crawled. I don't know how he got into this woman's bedroom, but he thought it was her roommate, and he decided to have sex with her while she was still unconscious. So, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was not a... That was, Talk uh, about a great segue, Joe, because it wouldn't be a Joe Corey episode without a brutal gang rape. <laughs> oh, because... God damn it. That was a great segue. Let's for, think about it now. We're only laughing at the coincidence, not the severity of what happened. <laughs> oh. So, oh, beating the splooges. Jesus. Run wild on, on Norris's wife. Wild on the wife. And they're taking turns, and while they're taking turns, they decide they're going to do their makeup. They're putting their war paint on. They right? are putting their war paint. Stegman puts down the adamant war paint line across his face. Yeah. And I love how they all have different ones. Annie, not Annie, Patsy, Patsy. just sitting there, like, watching, Polaroiding it. Yeah, she's Commemorating. Yeah. Remember, she didn't have a phone. She had to have a Polaroid for this. Well, as wife's being brutal. Polaroids is what we had to use back in 1984 for those pictures we couldn't want the person at Photomat know that we had in our system. You know, it was like, uh, you know, there were places that offered discreet developing of photos, but you never trusted those joints because you knew they were run by probes anyway. They were going to make their own copies, send them off to those I'm not going to photo Matt for my rape pictures. I'm going to do that with the Polaroid. Yeah, you got to do so that one with the Polaroid. It, thinking it straight. You get uh, Barnyard. He does the camo look. Yes, he did. I Jello's even... like, I'm thinking I'm a little Snake Plissken tonight. So he puts up like an eye patch. Yeah. The only thing missing? Shoestring headband. Only thing. Right How right. did no one think? If you're going do... to war, you got to have the shoestring headband. We learned that from fucking uh, River Bend. River Bend. Yeah. You, Which... got, you really guys really need to listen to that episode. Whew. And so, yeah, they're going to war with our boy Norris. Yeah, the, the war is completely on here. We're going back over to the school, and Norris is getting ready for the show. He's still, like, all the parents slash adults, you can't tell the difference because they all look like adults. They all have mustaches, <laughs> full beards. The, the women look like they're in their 40s, had a couple kids already. Saggy breasts, you're going through menopause. Like, you cannot tell the adults from the children apart. There's female students having hot flashes. That's how fucking old they look. Right? Look, look, some of those people did stick around. You know, I have to say, they were getting their, uh, they, they were looking to get a couple extra credits before they had to go to the real world. Right, right, right. Okay. Kids can get away with anything but their grades. If your grades don't match up, you get, you get sent yeah, They back. will keep you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see, as long as you're in school, as long as you're in school, there's nothing the police can do. Their hands are tied. So That's right. a good point, dude. If you don't graduate from school, you can commit any crime you want. Oh, my God. Look, again, one-eyed fight, no logic at all. We've built the whole universe out of this fucking movie, and it's it's just too perfect. 
Okay, so we're getting ready. He's he wants to start the orchestra. He's ready to tap that little fucking you know the orchestra stick. Called the baton, not an orchestra stick. <laughs> the orchestra stick. Yeah, he's ready. To... That's a different film where he taps the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting ready, but he's like, I can't, I can't tap, I can't start it until I see that beautiful wife of mine and that very seductive, seductive Annie. Orphan Annie cosplay <laughs> can't start it. Like I need to have a little. Sh- I need thing. a little chub before I can get my orchestra going here, right. and I can get my organ going. <laughs> he looks back over to his band and he's just like, "What do I do without my wife?" And we see Patsy walk in the, the auditorium and she hands something to a kid. Goes deliver that yeah and so we watch this kid slowly walk up it's just like the apple commercial the woman running down with the fucking hammer it's just like that the tension is so intense you could hear an orchestral stick drop on the floor everyone could hear it. you could hear mice pooping in the background hands him the little envelope he opens it looks it's that picture of his wife getting ard <laughs> And uh, Patsy, just to let him know, she does the old thing, sticking the finger and the, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that was sex. She got raped. She got hard. And then she just runs away. And he's like, bitch! And just runs after her. And this is where we get another cat and mouse game. Are we not loving the tension, the buildup? Are we ready to see this fight? We're ready. Well, Let's do this. I'm glad. Are you ready for some uh, auditorium fuckery? Because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> because they they set up. A, this, this is much like a run-eyed fight. There's a whole section of the school that's just blocked off. You can't hear anything. You don't know anything. This do what you want. This school is enormous. It is. It really is. And it was a real school. Yeah. It's incredible that just like various places they end up and. They are setting up various choke points because he hits, like, this one section off uh, just, like, part that leads to another part. And they jump him there in the darkness, and they got the— They I hit him even, with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, they bopped him with a fire extinguisher. they're toying with him. They're toying with him. And then uh, when he's, like, licking his wounds and get, trying to recover from it, catch his breath again, you got Patsy setting up for the next place they want to lure him to. She's the decoy that lures him around. Yeah. So he gets jumped. One and everyone's giggling like good villains do. They all scatter, and Patsy's there. She's flipping up her little mini skirt, but it's so dark you can't see anything. And he's just like, I gotta get this woman. You tease. So we chase her, and this is where we get. I believe the second place is the auditorium. It's um, a basketball uh, gym. Was it? Yeah, it was a gym. And very cool looking basketball gym. There's like a wraparound balcony around this. Yes, very interesting. And uh, Jello, I guess he's like getting his pirate on because he swings by a rope. Hey, you guys! So we, uh, Norse is led in there, and he gets into the middle, and he sees right up in the balcony. By is, the way, we point out great lighting. These kids really worked. Hard. They had the red light. Yep. Future future director Tim uh, Tim Van Patten probably calling the shots right there. Yeah, he's doing a good job. He's like, you know what would make the scene great? Red light. The psychological warfare is intense in this. So, yeah, Stegman's up on, uh, or Pete, <laughs> he's up on the balcony with uh, Diane, Norris's wife, and he's got her, he's got, 
he, could he not get like the ceremonial knife again or something? You know, no. he's got like a tiny little like Swiss Army knife. I thought it was a, like a potato peeler. It was a knife. It might have been a potato peeler. It was <laughs> okay. in, it was it was lame yeah, for, it was for how intense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets kicked by Jello by swinging down the rope. They, they stomp him a little bit more, and then they run off giggling. Yeah. Then he's just like, time for me to turn. And now it's like, is this like back and forth cat and mouse? Now he turns the tables on them. Yeah. Fool me twice. Shame on me. They also throw a skeleton on him, too. They did throw a skeleton <laughs> on him. Yeah. That was embarrassing. He's like, I got to think. I got to stop and think for a second here. So he realizes, I can't be fooled a third time. Gets his wits together. And he's like, I'm going to go into the shadows. I'm going to become the Shokazugi now. Who's the Kazogi now? Norris is the Kazogi Kizuki- now. now, yeah. And so he lures them. He's like, I don't know. They, they, these students start looking for him, don't they? Well, yeah. After a while, they were like, wait, this fucker was supposed to be right behind us. So they start fanning out to look for him. And so we got uh, Fallon. Fallon looking for him first. He's kind of roaming, roaming around. And uh, Norris leaves the metal shop door jar. This is the room he's in. He grabs himself a lead pipe. He hides behind a wall. So uh, Fallon walks in. And Norris has even got this set up so well because he realizes, I'll throw a wrench across the room. Fallon will not notice that the wrench has flown from the left to the right. So he'll look immediately to the right and be like, I got to go over that way. So it works. Norris gets to jump on him and fucking misses. And then he gets the shit beat out of him with the the chain because, you know, Fallon's big in those chains. Yeah, he's in the chain. He's whipping him. And they struggle up to a table saw. And they flick it on. And it looks like Fallon's going to fucking kill uh, Norris because he's his head pinned down right next to it. Yep. Oh. Uh, table saw has turned. Yeah, Norris gets that thought of his hot wife in that little orphan Annie dress, and he's like, I gotta fuck her again! He <laughs> grabs him, flips him over, wow. puts his table, or his arm on the table, and chops it off below the elbow. Right. Looked real. <laughs> real fake? Yep. And then he takes the kid, pulls him away from the table, and chucks his back onto it, too. All right. I don't. I, they don't make the saws like they used to, Joe. Were you in? Were you into the metal and the wood shops? We we had the wood shop, they, and uh, they were pretty. De- they're look. Here's the deal, okay? If you had a wood shop teacher that had all their fingers, you knew the guy was a phony. I mean, most most uh, <laughs> wood shop teachers had to at least be missing two fingers. It was like the Yakuza. If those people showed up with their pinkies intact, you you just knew something's wrong with this person. They're not really wood shoppy. So, yeah, most of that stuff was just a way to kill yourself or make a bong. <laughs> you got a choice there. They, pretty much every class in that school, if you had to use your hands, at some point somebody figured out how to make a bong out of something there. Yes. So, you know, or I guess I guess in woodshop, you would make your, your one hit, you know, pipe. So that's yeah. what those kids would do. Now, the, did the nuns actually teach a woodshop course? Oh no! I'm talking junior high. Nuns didn't teach this shit. They they knew better and the less near anything mechanical. We I was gonna say. Class. I mean, yeah. no, they just make the, rulers. That's all they do. <laughs> that's it. We would have to sit there and make rulers for them and write love. More like aerodynamic. <laughs> you had to make the ruler. They're gonna beat you with. Yeah, yeah. That was that your was punishment. 
I said, notch it right. And then you know what they do? They would punish you if you made the ruler wrong. That was the best part. It's like, you know. <laughs> this is in centimeters. We don't do metric in America. Those are those notches are those notches are quarter notches. You wanted eighth. You were supposed to do eighth. Bap, bap, bap. Oh, so much pain. Life is pain. Life is pain, and we learned. And a, another great segue, because Phelan is realizing that life is pain, and his, his, we see his little booberry fly out of his body. Mm-hmm. So he's got his wood shop kill. He's like, I need an auto shop kill. <laughs> so he goes to the auto shop, starts pouring gasoline. This is a middle-class high school. It's got a full auditorium with a balcony, a metal shop, an auto shop. This... They, people invested in their communities back then. Right? Back I mean, then. We, had a, we had a strong middle class. That's right. Now we don't have it. Now we don't. So, yeah, there's this cavernous auto shop, and uh, he pours gasoline by the, the, the entrance you way. you got to make a good fire trail. This is just movie 101. And then he goes, little Jello, little Jello, come here, little Jello. And that, that's the mating call of a little bit of a Jello. Yeah. So little Jello comes in. And he's got the welding torch, and he's like, and Jello thinks he's just going to try to fight him with that. Yeah, so Jello, again, he's. Doesn't smell the gasoline. He's great at acting like cynical. He's just like weird. He's got weird movements to him. I, I just. I don't know. I really think that Billy Drago saw this kid who was like, he's going places. And unfortunately, I don't think he did. <laughs> I've never known. We've done so many movies now. I've never noticed this kid anywhere else. So, uh, yeah, he is. Oblivious to the smells of gasoline, it's probably because well, he, he, he smells it so much. But he loves the smell. Well, of gasoline. I was gonna say he's been snorting so much stuff. He's been injecting so much stuff. He has no sense of smell anymore. I just assumed he was huffing earlier, so he thought the smell was just from huffing. Maybe. But so yeah, he taunts him with the welder. He's like, "Fuck it, set you on fire." Just lights it. I don't think this would really. No, this would. No. That much gas would not do what? No. No. This wouldn't, no. No. And it's not like he had some kind of, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Flammable? On him. So why he just. <laughs> he was wearing polyester, okay? That's very flammable. Oh, okay. He goes up in flames. And. I would ask the science teacher if it checks out, but he killed himself, so. <laughs> well, he didn't really kill himself. He. Accidentally killed Accidental. himself. I, I think what's sad was that this kid didn't. What must have skipped the day of school when they taught uh, stop, drop, and roll. Uh, that's a good point. Lived. That's the yeah. I'm, that's I'm, the true tragedy to this film. Is this kid had just tried to learn. He would have saved his own life if he only knew they were trying to reach him. Maybe he did know, but he was so punk rock, he's like, I'm not going to do that. No, he was hanging out in the bathroom when they were given this lesson. Oh, you th- okay, that makes sense. Because he needed to stretch because he was all long and gangly. Maybe he was breaking the fucking sweet water fountain just so no one else could use it. I want to destroy something beautiful. I'll bring it back to Fight Club Sounds for you. Sounds like something that Jello would do. Yeah. Just Jello got cooked. And so uh, Patsy and Barnyard hear that. They run in. Barnyard, maybe he has something going on with Jell-O, because he's infuriated by this. He's the love of his life, crispy. Oh, okay, you're going for the Spartan Squad here, too. Bisexuality rules in this Actually, movie. no, they don't have to be Spartan Squad. You don't have to be a maybe Spartan Squad Maybe that's what united gay. the Splooge crew. They were all bisexual. Maybe Holy he just wasn't Patsy. That makes sense. That explains why Pete's into his mom a little bit. That explains why Pat's... Well, Patsy's obvious. 
Fallon not that into fucking a woman? There are no boundaries in the Splooge crew. Oh, my God. Do what thou will be the law of the land. They were the original LGBT plus positive group. They were into some crazy shit. That's all I'm going to say. Crazy. So, Barnyard is furious. Tough motherfucker because our boy Norris has a, a fucking monkey so, wrench. Yeah. And he's hammering his forearms and he's just blocking them. He feels no pain. He feels he's got the power of Nazi just flowing through him. And he's like strangling a fucking Norris. Patsy's like, hey, why don't I just run over Norris? Oh, this is a bad choice. Patsy, come on. Well, she is a weak woman. She's not going to overpower fucking Norris. Yeah, that's but a good But she point. wants in on the kill. She does. But she jumps in the car. I look like she's going to run over both of them. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. She, Norris gets out of the way. She runs over Barnyard. Yes. And a car that was up on some kind of trellis. Is this a real thing? Did they really? Because this was not a car, normal car lift. This was like four jacks that they had like lifted to 10 feet high. I, I, would, I, don't, I don't know. I never took. I don't ahead, think that's safe around children. You know, that, that just looked like a big old OSHA's hazard right there. So you've never seen. You got to remember, like though, Joe. This was the '80s when no one cared about children. So That's why yeah, I could see right. this. Okay, I, could, I couldn't see. Like I don't know. I never took auto shop. I wish I had now. But I would assume they didn't have like a hydraulic lift in a school. So how if you well maybe to... a normal lift, but this was four different like structures holding it up, and not like maybe it was maybe this was art class, and that was just some avant garde art thing. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You're blowing my mind here because I think you're right about that. I, I did a, see a lion head made of, like, thread, and just, it was beautiful. Either way, the car falls on Patsy and crushes her. Yeah, so two kills, one stone. But maybe she went to Catholic school because I think she's worried for her soul because she's like, he's got her on the roof. She tells Norris where yeah. his wife is. I mean, you're watching her booberry leave as she's telling them all this information. And because she, she did it, she goes to heaven. I think that's what happened, yeah. So this is it, the final fight. Yeah. It's up on the roof, up on the roof. Oh, man, Pete's got his tiny little fucking pocket knife. He's holding it across Diane. They're, you know, squaring up Pete and uh, Norris. And Pete's telling them something. Oh, your wife was a wonderful fuck tonight. And then, trying to fuck with his head? Trying yeah. to get in his head, trying to get him off his game. By the way, Norris has like gone through nine fights at this point. He's <laughs> bleeding profusely. He's eight years past his Spartan squad days. He's old. He's washed up. He's got he's got a shitty like oh. the bad guy from Die Hard beard now. <laughs> he's not old enough to beat up a sixteen year old. Yeah, because once he cuts them titties of his wife, he's yeah, just like, he drags that little pocket knife across his, uh, Diane's titties. And Norris just pummels the fuck out of this twerp, throws him through a skylight. There's two yeah. skylights. Yeah, Murray is not jumping the gun here. He punches <laughs> the, sh- he tackles him, beats the shit out of him, and throws him through these the this light structure. And it just happens. Yeah. It just happens that they hang all their loose rope across this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's so he's dangling from a rope, and this is where he's bitches out. I'm just, I'm just a kid. You can't kill a kid. How will you ever reach me if I'm dead? And that is talking about strings. This pulls on his heartstrings. There we go, Murray. And he, and for one moment, he just relents. He's just like, I give me your hand. Stegman is such a fucking freak. He, 
he can't stop himself from pulling out that tiny little knife and he lunges at Norris. Norris goes, holy shit, punch it. In the original movie, Uh-oh. Stegman just fell and and Norris did not punch him. But, really? But the the guy the guy that gave them uh the, the who financed the movie's like we got to fucking we gotta have him kill him. Really? We got to end it with him killing him. We got to end with an adult <laughs> murdering a child. Yeah, well, he's got to give his revenge. Come on. Oh, okay. So they reshot it showing Perry King punched him in the face. That was like a reshoot. Interesting. Falls down. I don't know how the fuck this happened magically. So is this is this magic genie rope because it wraps around Again, his neck into a noose. It's a cat cradle system of rope, <laughs> so it, you just grab one of them and tie it around his neck, man. He just falls. Could into you say it. he didn't have it coming? I mean, he's a Bitcoin miner. He uses the Nintendo cheat codes. <laughs> we had it coming. I'm just saying, how did it happen? Did God make it happen? That's how what I'm it, saying. It wrapped around. He like it made a noose. He didn't. Uh, Joe could help us out with this. The the secret word or phrase. Like, he's into secret codes. You have to say the secret yeah. codes to the heavens, just like Patsy did. Patsy went to heaven. I, I so. Think, I think it happened because of Dario Gento's Suspiria. We, anytime you randomly fall next to a rope, you will get strangled with it. Oh, okay. Saw that in Toronto, by the way. Wow. Name drop. Name drop. Anyway, he falls through another skylight that's right above where. where did we point out Deneen? Like, because you want to talk about yeah. tension? Because we've had we've had all those movies. We're like, oh my god, we got to make it for the concert, and it's like. Well, this guy's gonna get revenge for the rape of his wife. Like that's like the most tense you could ever have. But Denise's like, "I'll take over," because she's like, "Give me that orchestra stick, whatever you said." <laughs> the like... orchestral cleaner, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and they're killing it, man. And they're killing it, man, because yeah. the, the, the crescendo of the song. Perfect timing, as always, microwave-level timing. Microwave-level timing. falls through the sky like... Beep, boom, beep, boom, beep, beep. You would think in real life, and it, it was awful, because you could totally see either the actor or the dummy have the the rope tied around their like you know, waist. waist. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, this is the end. We're trying to get this over with. Trying to. So, in real life, his head would have been ripped right off. But, no... He doesn't. He just hangs there. Murray's done a lot of science experiment, experiments on this one. Oh, yeah. I've, I've hung a lot of people in my life. And Andy's like, hey, babe, let's go home. And then we get a little disclaimer at the end. <laughs> Andy Norris was not prosecuted because the police could not find anyone who actually saw it happen. Hands are tied. <laughs> so are is tied. everybody conspiring? Hands are tied. All I know is, is the scene comes to an end and he's sitting there clutching his wife. I just wanted to hear Little Orphan Annie singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. That would have been great. That would have been better than hearing the Alice Cooper song again. Yeah. But the question is, did, did everybody at this the orchestra and the audience, they conspire to cover up this murder, or did they really not see it? What do you think, Joe? I think, I think it's one of those classic moments where it's like, uh, you know they didn't. They didn't have a good view for it. Everybody had a good view of the orchestra kids. They they had to look up, and by then it was over. What can I say? My hands are tied. Our hands are tied. Please don't let. So him they pro- they probably think it was suicide because teen suicide was a big issue in the eighties. So maybe he was listening to some Ozzy Osbourne, playing some D and D, and they blamed it on that. Teenage suicide. Don't do it. Yeah, that's what happened. You know. 
that's probably it. It was that was a big thing, you know. Backward records and punk rock, punk rock leads to suicide. They, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming they didn't because you went to a Catholic school instead of some weird evangelical school. But did they ever talk about that kind of shit? Like, oh hell no, we're Catholic. <laughs> okay. We went to NC State, though. Oh, my God. They would bring in these little pre- these preachers would show up with their whole demon rock and roll thing and, you know, try to explain to us how Louis Louie was a passage to Satan or something. So Yeah, yeah. backward masking. We know. It was, uh, they were big. We would show up just for fun, you know, unless something actually really was happening in our lives. Then we would skip it. But, yeah, you'd go wander over to the 45-minute presentation and discover about the cure and the secret myths behind Black Sabbath. I was like, you know, sometimes I think they're just needling you people. <laughs> well, guys, Whoa. I'm exhausted. That Whoa. we're back. We it's been so long since we've turned a ninety we minute act- movie. We actually into- are ready to start next week's episode because we've talked for a for week. For a week, yeah. yeah. We finally, you know, we've been saying this for weeks. We, 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 we've been taking these 90-minute movies and making them into 90-minute episodes. We're back. We made this into a four-hour episode. Are you kidding me? No. It's close. it's close to it. Yeah, it's long. Yeah, so uh, this might be a two-parter. No, 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 I'm just saying if you're going to listen to it, it oh, might yeah. be a two-parter. Feel <laughs> free. You can hit pause on your podcasting apps, guys. You know, That's have awesome. a meal, come back. There you go. You really, it's there's, reflect again. This is such a deep investigative piece. You will have to take a break just so your brain can comprehend all the uh, crazy uh, connections to other media that we pointed out that comes up in this movie. Mark Lester and his genius. There's too much. It's a very dense episode, everybody. Very dense. A lot of clues. A lot of hints to other things. A lot of yarn. A lot of pointing out. Listen to it with plenty of liquid. Yes. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. So, Joe, thank you once again for coming on. Once again, it's it's a joy and a privilege to get to hang with you guys and talk about class of 1984, which I have a class ring for. (laughs) And not not for for his class, because he's a big fan of this movie. Yeah, just a big fan of this movie. It says Lincoln High on it. It does it as Lincoln High. It says, you know, pain is life. You know, that's it. Pain is life. <laughs> that's the inscription <laughs> on the inside. Pain it's in Latin, whatever that. Pain is the life of us. So, and hey, picture of a burning rabbit, a rabbit on a, a, rabbit on a skewer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And don't sell yourself short, Joe. You're just as good as all our, our guests. You're great. Oh, we love oh. you. You're going to be back next week. I mean, I got ten minutes to watch a film. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll squeeze it in there. The DVD is not even here yet, but we'll squeeze it in. Yes, this movie is so hard to find. We had to buy a fucking DVD. Up. I've been pushing this movie on so many people. Well, the original, the original. I've been pushing it on so many people, and every time I pitch it to them, they're like, "Can I watch this right now?" And I say, "Yes, you absolutely can." They never do it. It's the story fools. of our life. Fools. That's what I got to say. But we've been fools, Murray. Right, because we... We did the original like a year and a half, two years ago. Well, hey, better late than never, because I've somehow 
I don't know why. I just looked up the trailer. I needed some some of that Riptavius Jebediah Brown. You know him better as Reb Brown. I we, needed the flavor of we his. We promised people. I needed a taste of Reb. Oh, a taste of Reb. And I went back to the sequel to this movie, the movie we were just talking about, starring not only Reb Brown, Ooh, oh, but another Golden Globe's favorite, Lou Ferrigno. Billy! <laughs> Billy! <laughs> talking. Wait, 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 let's bring no call for himself. <laughs> because he's brain damaged. Yeah, guys, we're doing the greatest oh, cage fight movie Jesus of all time Christ. sequel, Cage 2, Arena of Death, starring I, Red Brown and Lou Ferrigno. And we had questioned, because the end of the first movie, spoiler, still go watch it, but... <laughs> Lou Ferrigno gets in a fight where he gets hit so hard that it becomes a normal functioning brain. <laughs> and we were like, it happened. Does that work into the second movie? It does. I've seen in the trailer, it does. All he needed to cure his brain problems was just get punched in the brain. Isn't that how it works? CTE, we figured it out. Looney Tunes logic, you know. You got a football player with a concussion, just hit him in the head again. He's fine, ready to go. Put him out on the field. Yeah, you just got to have an even amount of lumps on your head. Exactly. <laughs> Bugs Bunny logic. Exactly. So I'm exhausted. I need to take a nap. See you next week for Cage 2 Arena of Death and keep it warm. Oh, God. Oh! <laughs>